listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. When it feels like living's harder than dying, for me, giving up's way harder than trying. Lauren Hill said her heart was in Zion. I wish her heart still was in Ramen because who the kids gonna listen to, huh? I guess me if it isn't you. Hey. Welcome to the Blackout Tips Podcast, your host Rod and Karen. And we're in the house on a Sunday morning, early Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have a very special guest. I feel like you guys should already know her. Um, she's been yes. on the show several times. Yes. Uh, she has a podcast right now called Misandry with Marsha and Ray. I love that show. I never miss an episode. Um, you can follow her on Twitter at Ray Sani. Uh, she writes for the President Show. It's our girl Ray Sani. What's going on, Ray? Not much. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. Oh man, anytime. Yeah. Uh, glad to talk to you. Um, and um, yeah, how? I mean, things have been blowing up on your end. I feel like mm-hmm. the blackout test bump is real. It's real, honey. And Who knows? <laughs> this guy is the limit next time. <laughs> <laughs> You're out here better than Stephen Colbert. You know? Um, You know, things are great. I'm having a good time. Um, I'm finally getting to live off comedy, which is, like, my biggest dream. And if if nothing else happens that fine, I'd be so happy to just, you know, say I'm a TV writer and have things be excellent i'm just having so much fun and i'm just so grateful and my parents are nigerian so i was supposed to be like a doctor or something and i'm very glad that my mom understands and uh was kind enough to not pressure me the way that uh, a lot of us nigerian kids get pressured so she was really supportive and she was patient because that shit took like eight fucking years <laughs> but i'm doing i'm doing as fine as i could have imagined so it's, it's really, funny really cool. it's funny too because like uh we know comedians have been doing it for like 15 20 mm-hmm. years you know and um ray even in her um even in her off the beaten path career of i'm gonna be in entertainment still you still put the nigerian parent parental pressure on yourself <laughs> like i need to have made it by 30 okay i need to, i yeah. need to be doing stand-up specials i need my own show like even <laughs> like i like i live like i worry like oh is, is she having fun i just i hope she's having fun because this is so like on the outside looking in i'm like oh my god look at ray's like trajectory and her accomplishments and the things she's doing and she's always working and then you know uh, i'll listen to ray and she'll be like you know i thought i would be i thought i'd already be here and i'm 20 i'm 28 now and i just don't know i'm like what just that, that's it <laughs> but yeah you're doing great uh, <laughs> um yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of wild um i'm very lucky and i'm fortunate to have started stand-up at 21 a lot of people start later so they, uh, it takes longer for them to hit. I'm 29. I'll be 30 in December. Good Lord. And I look younger than that. So um, I'm at an advantage in that in that way. Mm-hmm. But I, it was really crazy because I started feeling like a nut job last year because nothing was happening. I was in this weird place where I was like too good at stand-up to just be sitting around and not understanding my career was going or whatever. And then 
Um, and then, but I wasn't being noticed by anybody. I'm just like, through sheer luck or whatever, I got noticed by a manager last May, May of 2016. And like, honestly, my life has been completely different ever since. It sucks that it's kind of like that because, you know, I've, I would have just been languishing in the depths of hell forever if, mm. um, if I didn't get picked up. And it blows that it happens that way because it sucks that you need intermediaries to give access, like for access, like access to your art to be available to everybody. I mean, even in the internet age, when you kind of think you can be seen by whomever, you can put your own shit out there, it's not quite like that. There's still somebody else who is to like be in there, which blows. Yeah. Uh, but I have the greatest manager on the planet, and like she has me eaten off comedy in less than nine months. So, you know. And it's weird I guess too. I'll do for now. <laughs> it's weird too because um, comedy and a lot of art and a lot of entertainment is always billed as this meritocracy. Um, sure. But it's it's so much like everything else. Like it it does matter who you know. It does the 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 there's a um there's a value to to just knowledge. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just knowing certain shit. And a lot of times when you're in it by yourself and for yourself, you just either can't know stuff or you don't learn until you get fucked over by somebody. It's like oh well, don't do that thing. Or if you're gonna sign this type of deal, you need to do it this way and all that stuff. So um you know uh it's interesting you bring up the fact that you know getting a manager kind of helps so much because um there are so many people that i know that are like you know they just been told like well just it's on the internet now they're just do be funny and work hard and it'll work out and it's like what there's funny people who are working hard that it's not working mm-hmm. out for um and all there's that stuff there's so many there's so many people who are like excellent who there's like every i think like every like every generation of comedy it feels like you know things come in waves like a certain class started at a certain time another class started another time Mm -hmm. and there's always some people in a class that is like how come he's the one who went to LA you should have been been moved to LA or you should have been writing for TV shows and there's always people get overlooked you know like South P he's like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper there's Mm a lot of uh, stand-up, especially in stand-up, who's your favorite stand-up, favorite stand-up that doesn't have the, you know, wide success. And it blows. It's as close to a meritocracy as I've ever been in, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But just like sports where you think that it's, like, really obvious, either jokes hit or they don't, either you score points or you don't, it's not quite like that. I mean, they're looking for young, fresh diverse faces these days but then you know the next year they'd be like oh i want uh urban white guys (laughs) (laughs) and it's just it's just this weird it's this weird thing i also like that they go like oh they're looking for diversity where there's so much diversity but then if you look over the years it's always the same like eight white dudes and two not white dudes and everything like it's like like there's never oh, a time you know there's never been a time where they really where we really turned on the tv and we're like where did the white guys go but oh, <laughs> oh and, 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 there, and there will never uh be a time and i think nope that uh for me kind of on the outside uh looking in 
one thing uh that i admire about you uh Raisani, is that you always stay with your blackness um and oh, thank you. what i realized and this doesn't happen to everybody but what i realized is that for a lot of people they get to a point in their career where they have to make a decision like black is sad all the brown people got to make a decision hey do i flip to all whiteness all white mm. everything and make that mm-hmm. money and erase my identity and erase who i am and don't talk about shit to defend people and don't well particularly white people and don't mm. talk about shit to defend with three percent because i'm trying to make this money or do i stay <laughs> you and your 53 <laughs> percent honey yes that, that, never forget that I, that I might put that on my stone never forget 53 percent. that's why we were here um and i think that only brown people have to make those decisions and women have sure. to make those decisions do i be more like the quote-unquote top which is white men you know do i rate do i erase me being a woman stop talking about woman shit and it's one of those things where people that stick with um their identity not all the time but sometimes it's punished because it's but the thing is what i realized it's only the particular it's only a certain set of niggas that cross that line like um mm-hmm. Richard Pryor crossed that line where he could be black, talk about his blackness in white settings. But it's like everybody don't get that option. You know, I think um is I think everybody does get the option, right? I just don't think that um there's a lot of black people that um well, there's pressure on them, right? To Correct. You get not to change and to conform to both sides like there's the never stop being black and then there's the never stop never get too too friendly with the white folks either and there's like that extra pressure that um but you said that people at some point have to like give up their identity but that's the thing like white people don't have no. to give up their identity but we don't but the, since they're the default it's not seen as having an identity right so like um we would never ask uh daniel tosh to not be daniel tosh like correct it, mm. you, you know like that he he gets to be that way forever he never had to like take a minute and be like all right i need to make more jokes that make black people feel good you know like um mm-hmm. so so i think is is that is like the onus always ends up on us right um but i always find it odd because uh everybody's like top comedians that are black are always unapologetically black right so it's like it's this weird head trip of this middle space where they start critiquing black art like less black less black and then you'll really blow up like the reason people don't like you is because you're just too black and i'm like okay so who are your favorites and it's always some super black ass nigga and i'm like wait a minute that can't exist so at some point you're (laughs) you're asking all these black people to take themselves out of the game in 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 in, uh and by take themselves out of the game i mean by basically saying de-blackify your art so that it's like white Mm -hmm. you know and 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 honestly that lane doesn't really work for comedians because i think one when you walk on a stage like especially for stand-up you are black and there's no secret to everybody and if you're (laughs) and if, if you do 30 minutes to an hour 20 minutes whatever on your set and it feels like you're running away from who you are i don't think people will buy that shit so no i think it only hurts you but um but yeah i, I do well, i mean love that ray is um mm-hmm. like like fearless in that in that aspect at least you know from what i see on stage right what I hear on the podcast like i never feel like well ray's gotta let this slide she don't want to <laughs> lose the money you know um and i think the trajectory of your career and the bigger the spotlight 
like it's actually uh showing i mean it's a kind of an example to people like you don't have to run from yourself no you you don't and and like i said before that's one thing that i i admire and i love about her because she talks about her family her background her roots and it's one of those things for a lot of people you probably the only nigerian that they know like they don't know nobody else so you kind of the introduction for a lot of those people so but for me i'm like poor introduction for nigerians (laughs) 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 i'm terrible um speaking speaking of that um uh, before we uh i guess i should have introduced the show but you guys know what you're listening to right all right um <laughs> <laughs> official weapon is a taser right yes. unofficial sports y'all get it y'all get yes. it um but uh and uh we're brought to you by shout out productions go to their youtube page okay guys shout out productions is trying to get their youtube views up go like their stuff go leave comments um and they have a new video that's going to be coming out this week too uh you can just go to youtube and search shadow dog productions and it'll come up and just subscribe to their channel guys it helps us out and it helps them out as well uh but back to what we were talking about um okay so i love misandry uh how did you and marcia oh. <laughs> how did you and marcia uh get get so cute and meet each other and be, and be so cool ah. <laughs> so um, so Marsha is um, a stand-up comic on the New York scene and like the Brooklyn kind of alt scene, although there isn't really an alt scene anymore. It's not really a thing, but Marsha asked me last year, um, that podcast, you guys know, Keeping the Girl, mm-hmm. they have, um, for premium listeners, they have these kind of mini residencies. And mm-hmm. I guess I'd been talking like a loud, radical uh, woman online a lot and so Marsha was doing her mini residency and it was called Miss Andrew with Marsha and um, and uh, she invited me to be the first guest which I really appreciated and then uh, almost a year later uh, the the premium episode was free and so I listened to it and I was like wait we have chemistry we should do something so I messaged her I was like girl we sound great together like let's do something she was like I was literally just thinking about asking you the same thing and so we just put the podcast together like everything came together very quickly we like had an idea that we should get together and like work on stuff and then we were recording within that week and that's really cool because I'm not a responsible person and she is and I love her very much she's very smart and she's really cool and um you know she's like she's this really bold person like her mom is like just she comes from like a family of like legendary people I won't like explain because I don't know how much of her family business she wants out there, but her mom and her grandmother are like superheroes. And so she's never kind of had any reason to doubt yourself. Like, obviously everybody takes the feminist journey, but Marsha was kind of, you know, told from the beginning, she's a, she can rock, she can be dope. And it doesn't matter that she's a girl. And, um, I'm very grateful for people like her because uh, even though I got to feminism before meeting her, I'm very glad that she's out there because there are people who need to hear from her and understand. And I feel bad because 
she gets way more trolls than I do. I don't have any explanation for why, except for maybe it's because she's had the misandrous brand for longer, and I joined on later, but she deals with so much bullshit, and she's still out there fearless. She gets harassed all the time on the internet, and her Facebook is banned and everything like that, but she still finds a way to speak out. She told me yesterday, I didn't see her, uh, her birthday was yesterday, and she was going to some, like, Halloween party. And she told me that she was going to dress up like Mark Zuckerberg and wear a sign um, around her neck saying, fuck me. And I was like, <laughs> I was like is anyone going to know that you're Mark Zuckerberg? You don't look anything like him. She was like, I was just going to wait for people to ask me what I was, and I'd say, I'm Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, for, and uh, you know, we would have had them both here, but uh, I banned Marsha from coming on the show because uh, men, oh, uh, men are scum, and uh, we don't feel we don't. I got too offended. Uh, I am honestly shocked every week um, when I listen to the like the things that people say about you guys, like as far as uh, the the trolls, you know, like the Reddit people or. Mm-hmm. Um, that one professor that went and found your house Facebook page and was it's so weird. Um, it's it's such like it's such a weird thing because they honestly are searching to be offended, right? Because they don't mm-hmm. they don't need to be offended, but they must be googling misandry and just finding yep. you guys and being yep. like, look at this, two women. And and the thing is, like, there's I feel like it is absolutely impossible to listen to y'all show and not pick up on the humor and the sarcasm of a lot of it as well like i like i'm not saying that they would uh you would be wrong for being like uh yeah we need to kill all these men they really are fucked up because because honestly you know brand it would, uh, it would be self-defense to be right. honest if women just wiped out 50 percent of the population right. be self-defense because they are the most dangerous out right. there for us the brand men, men TM is just, yeah. it's just not Sales good. are tanking. Sales it's, are tanking. Stocks is, stocks is running low, all time low. It is just not good, guys. <laughs> it is not. I don't know. Sell, if guys, sell. If you bought stock, sell them. Yeah, sell your stock in men. And, um, it's interesting <laughs> because, um, you guys will make like jokes and stuff that'll be like, yeah, we're out, we're going we're broadcast from the bunker and, we gotta <laughs> when we start final wave feminism it's gonna do this that and the other and like y'all are actively laughing right. adding on to the jokes mm-hmm. but that means that these dudes are somewhere like fuck that they're serious they're really coming for us they're they're advocating yeah. that these women go kill us they're gonna they really have a militia in the woods like i i, <laughs> I can't imagine listening to the show and being that upset by it but they right. are they are yes, it's happening it's it's fucking crazy, man. I, I don't know how y'all deal with it. Well, so the thing is, um, I think every black woman or every black um, femme is raised to sort of address race first. And I think um, I am too. Like, there's an innate kind of, I'm part of this. I got to, my identity is this. You know what I mean? Because uh, you're born black. You're not born a woman. You're born a girl. The, the, you're like, raised to be a woman but blackness is kind of the thing that you get taught hopefully if your parents like themselves (laughs) or you have black people in your life you're taught immediately here's what's going to happen to you this is what it's going to look like or whatever but uh 
there's this thing that happened where uh, I think maybe at like 22 or 23 and like lots of bad things happened to me before, but like at 22 or 23, I'm like, wow, being a woman is why these things have happened. Mm. And the, um, so I feel about as, you know, cause I think I'll always default feel black more than I feel a woman, but it's mm-hmm. starting to be more even. And what I noticed was, especially after this past year, I realized that like uh, misogyny is this kind of thing that uh, that is so ingrained that I don't know that there's a solution. Like, I think there are solutions for racial justice, right? It's just a matter of people in power not wanting to take the steps. But there, I can conceive of a, a plan into... Um, political and economic equality for people of color. I cannot foresee any plan for misogyny because uh, the, like a lot of times people who are racist, like you saw that NPR um, poll that said white people think they're the most discriminated against. Yeah. If you read the quote, you can just tell that they've never talked to or uh, been around a black person Th- that's very clear because I don't know how you say how you say you're the most discriminated against if you haven't like if you've ever talked to a black person and like in depth and got to know them you would know what the advantages were but misogyny can't work that way exposure therapy can't work on misogyny because men are raised around women and learn to hate them anyway mm-hmm. so it's such a it's such a part of the dynamic that um, I, I can't identify a way that we fix that now. And that was why that professor bothering me and Marsha made me so mad because if a 60 something white man who is a, is like the preeminent lawyer and professor at a top 30 law school, if he from all the way, wherever the fuck he is, felt the need to stamp out our little podcast then women have no shot yeah, it's like he went and found y'all too like it wasn't he went and found us yeah that's the part that that like because there's one thing where like um uh for like for example when michael sam kissed his boyfriend at the dra- nfl draft mm-hmm like there's a lot of people that tune into the draft that really had no expectation that was going to happen and even though mm-hmm. they're even though they are fucked up and homophobic they got like a unexpected like oh oh god i'm so sick of this shit mm-hmm. you know like this nigga had to google misandry or search it in a podcast app on facebook yeah he, right like he actively sought you out to be like hey mm-hmm. ladies we don't appreciate this mm-hmm. and i'm like nigga your life is so fucking easy like if it was a video game your life is like on the easiest mode of 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 the video game you're at the end of mm-hmm. the video game because you're about to die you're fucking old and you're still <laughs> mad at young women for being like uh you know what sexism is fucked up and he's like you girls need to chill out it's so it's so ridiculous it's so it's, ridiculous it's so bizarre like the kind of stuff honestly you like the kind of stuff that's always in marsha's mentions dms everything it's really crazy because if you happen to be a woman and you have an opinion and you're not super model beautiful, and even if you are, 
they get so mad at you for thinking at all. They get yeah. so angry for thinking. It's it's insane. It's insane. And I'm like I'm so worried. I had a friend um, who's a stand up comic, and uh, she's. Uh, brilliant she's brilliant and like i don't know maybe one of the ten thousand gun incidents that we've had in the last two years Mm -hmm. she did a really awesome twitter joke i'm gonna butcher it i can't remember it word for word but basically um she said as a woman i just want as much as many rights as a gun has come on and the tweet went viral which means it got into the hands of those MRA people. Right. The threat that she got for even suggesting, like people were like, we're going to come to your shows and shoot you. They got like a couple of her shows. The, uh, the producers or the hosts were like, if you want to cancel because you don't feel safe, that's totally fine. And she's like, no, I'm going to come. Like, I'm not going to be scared. But the idea that, um, women don't have as many rights as, a gu- as guns made gun obsessed people come and threaten her it's like right. uh, you're demonstrating exactly what <laughs> she's talking about yeah and it's, they, it's, 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 go ahead I was gonna say and then the other part of it is like they're not gonna do shit um, cause they really do have this impotent rage like I've been threatened a few times at this point now doing the show mm-hmm. they're not gonna do shit like that's like I'm not worried about the fact that they're that they're but the mentality behind it is of sure I, I disagree with this thing and I one I'm gonna prove it true and then two I'm gonna fucking threaten you which is a crime yeah and it won't be investigated the platforms that it happens on they won't do anything about right, it that's why they do it yep. and all of that shit is a huge message to the people that are being threatened as hey your life doesn't really matter this isn't really important you just need to deal with it but if you say men are scum or uh banned. or or uh you know white people need to do blankety blank get the fuck out the platform like like it the 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 default is already a set against people who speak out and say stuff like that and this and and it's not an inflammatory comment that she said but it becomes inflamed and, and, and also yeah. you have to think about where she said it right this this woman had um gone viral for a little list of when harvey weinstein started the shit uh, when that stuff started to come out, she went viral because she wrote a list that was like kind of jokey, but very like simple, innocuous things telling men how not to rape women. And they got a hold of it. This woman got so many email death threats. Um, and you know what was so funny? There were so many men who in her emails would name the subject one thing to make sure she would open it. So they were, even anonymously, they still knew that they had to be covert or they wouldn't get their message across. So you have somebody saying, uh, I agree with you. You have some good things. And then she'll open an email and it'll be like, I'm coming to your house to rape you, cunt, die, die, die. Right. Stuff like that. Right. And then, and she just, screenshot all of those messages and was like this is rape culture and Marsha gets banned from Facebook for on that particular post saying men are scum right it's like it's astonishing because like there was the New York Times did a uh, they did a wow I'm so unfunny right now Uh, (laughs) New York Times did a um, quiz and based on the algorithm um 
it demonstrates the inherent bias in Facebook's like policy. So right. a phrase like white people are racist will get you blocked or banned, but poor, ba- poor blacks must go to the back of the bus. Mm-hmm. Won't. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's the small qualifier like poor or something like that apparently doesn't, their algorithm doesn't allow for that to be like picked up. And I'm wondering if they, Facebook says that they have people who do, who um, like get to the, right. you know, report inquiries and stuff. I don't buy it. Me but neither. if they do, they're probably, the, those people are probably just as white and male as, as the people who design the algorithm. Because James Damore, John Damore, whatever that ugly dude from Google's name is, mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, but, uh, <laughs> He he was at Google. You would think that you know these internet spaces, these like younger tech oriented people are more liberal or whatever. But here you have a twenty something writing a manifesto about how black people right. and women are inferior, and he's working at Google. So what does that speak to about Google's search, you know, algorithm and wow. who, how many? How many uh, James, or I, I really don't remember his name, but how many of him are working at Facebook? I mean, wasn't there that story where Zuckerberg had to send a memo like, don't put All Lives Matter on a Black Lives Matter wall? Yes. Like, that's crazy. And it's funny because just that decent thing makes people go, oh, Mark Zuckerberg, he's like, must be super woke and like, understand. <laughs> but it's not. It's, it's like, that was literally just him being a decent person and saying, hey um this makes us look bad and now and people are like okay so then he must get it and it's like he doesn't because his platform is still made by a white dude uh the rules are probably the way they enforce the rules and the way they come up with the rules is probably from a white perspective and sure that's why when you say men are scum when you say white people are racist you get banned and um the coded language that white people use to discuss race is not a trigger on their site to to say hey this needs to go and even if you do report mm-hmm. it they'll just be like well this doesn't go against our standards right um what the and, fuck are your standards and i i don't believe them when they <laughs> say when they, when they talk about having staff i don't believe mm-hmm. them when they say they have enough staff because Mm-mm. every time i've been banned the next message you get is like this will not be renewed reviewed you it will be in effect for mm-hmm. x amount of days right there's nothing you can do about it you have no appeal it, system which right. means there's no fucking person there's not a person in it right it's, yep. it's robotic you right. have enough white people enough mad people enough anger people that flag your post and it's automatic i don't know what the magic right. number is but then you just go into oblivion and you get this fucking generic message no people don't read it you actually need to hire people a very diverse group of people of all types of backgrounds lgbtq cover it all cover everybody and have them screen this right um all right yeah i'm just trying to understand how like uh like i I, i'm wondering how they do it because men are scum worked against marcia and then me for one of my posts but there's cunt everywhere and if anyone wants to deny that cunt is a gendered word they're they're being crazy i mean that's meant for women the origins of the word is some street in uh like way back in london where uh prostitutes would stroll so it's definitely a gendered term and i don't understand how 
men are scum expresses a bias that the word cunt on a feminist facebook page doesn't you know yeah what's wild about that is i said men are scum on my page yesterday just to see uh what happens plus i need a facebook break and i haven't been kicked off yet so. <laughs> i don't know uh Ever. yeah because <laughs> you're not a girl who's getting reported by all these trolls who hate Marsha. exactly and that's true and i don't know i i don't know maybe i need to get bailed at the facebook all my friends getting banned but me <laughs> <laughs> um because you don't be starting no shit on that can i'll be starting shit i'm a uh, five yeah, starter i'm gonna yeah, fuck yeah yeah apparently that that's what that's what happens um how is it writing for the president show man i I watch the show uh religiously as well and uh i love it it's, I, I think it's brilliant and i and i and i mean that in the highest of praise because mm-hmm. i can't watch the saturday night live donald trump shit and and it's not just because it's uh necessarily bad and it's very simple but um also they had this huge role in normalizing him in the first place and now Mm -hmm. you know it's Mm -hmm. like it's like how um it's like the opposite of how amarosa was campaigning for hillary clinton and fundraising for her and then she became a trump surrogate at one point um oh god right it's it's like that but with snl is like the opposite where they're like we were saying trump is cool and that trump is 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 okay and normal and then he won and we were like oh fuck this guy i can't believe america (laughs) would do this to itself and i'm like y'all were jimmy kimmel rubbing his hair just too long not too long ago so i have a hard time jimmy fallon be careful about that jimmy fallon Fallon. there are like 10 james in last night late night it's actually astonishing there's like three james yeah on three white dude james you know what i on, think i'm gonna uh, that's crazy i think i'm gonna do the 53 percent on this and just call them all jimmy kimmel i think i'm gonna have to <laughs> life is simpler everybody got these jokes on me but honey life is simpler you you put them in the bucket and keep it truck i always fuck it up and i can never remember and they all kind of blend together mm-hmm. and they all had their mm-hmm. own moments live your best white woman of color life and not give a damn <laughs> um but yeah well, just, there's, yeah there's, Go ahead. I, I was gonna say Jimmy Fallon rubbing his hair. Yeah. Who you came from SNL? Of course, you know. Like I said, they had Trump on, and now they're like super anti-Trump. You know, uh, sure. like uh, even like Michael Che, who's like super now woke and feminist on every news update. <laughs> but right, right. But I saw, but I saw him be like, "What's wrong with street harassment?" And not too long ago, so it's like everything on there feels so fake like everyone just flipped their brand like and now we're now we're the super duper different liberal Mm. aggressive political show Mm -mm. um and so (laughs) it's it's hard for me to buy um so i don't really watch it but um what i like about the president's show is that y'all get very meta as well as like the components that make up uh a trump like that make the components that make up that white house um the Mm -hmm. um like the uh almost house of cards level i mean it's it's still hilarious but the deception the fact that people don't really fuck with him but they're in his administration the fact that mm-hmm. you know his his ego um it's and it's so quick um i mean it's only 20 minutes a week 22 minutes a week but it's so quick um as far as like the comedy beats like just uh boom 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 like i was watching the one where um he goes to the psychiatrist um (laughs) it was like it's so good like it's a um it's a it's a deconstruction of trump and right and Mm -hmm. trumpism as opposed to just uh 
like it's still funny and it's still satire but it's but it's also this level that i don't think other people's comedy is getting to Mm-mm. um uh so yeah I, I i love the show and uh i think my favorite thing every week is when he does the interview as trump and yeah um, and uh he always asks the one question that's actually like really good and like <laughs> incisive yeah. and you're like oh shit i'm glad you noticed that um, thread <laughs> it kills me every week and the guest almost never knows how to answer it because it's like for one yeah, second he's like wait a minute that's well thought out yeah for one second he's not a buffoon <laughs> and it's like the guest is always like uh okay that's actually the thing i came to talk about <laughs> But I was just <laughs> roasting you. I don't know how to answer. I'm not ready to answer the question. <laughs> oh, it's so good. You guys are killing it over there, man. What's it like writing? Thank you. In a writing room? So, What's all that like? So this is my first writer's room. Um, from what I understand from all of the... So first of all, we're insanely diverse, which I fucking love. There are more women on the writing staff uh, than are in most writer's rooms. Um, and the one of the executive producers and showrunners, there's two of them. One of them is a woman and she was, when we first started our head writer and she got promoted. And, um, and then this other woman got promoted and she's younger than me even. And she's promoted to head writer now. And then there's like still three more women on the writing staff. Um, There's two black people. I'm one of them. The other black person is a dude. And one woman is native American. So like, for seven writers, that's, like, amazing for late-night television. Um, and it's really great because... Um, so Anthony Antamanic is the host who plays Trump, and I've known him for, like, three years now. And he loves my stand-up, and that's how... And we have the same uh, manager. So we started seeing a lot of each other more, and, uh, and then, you know, I got tossed the packet or whatever. But what I respect so much about Anthony is, one, like you said... He had been doing that Trump dump tour for about a year when he was do when Trump was running. Mm-hmm. And so he had plenty of time to work on the impression and actually get to like what's behind Trump. And that part that you see in the psychiatrist's office and things like that, those are things that Anthony is like adamant about us getting across. That mm-hmm. Trump is not merely a narcissist, that there's this like weird, dark, self loathing undercurrent that creates this impulse to abuse others, you know, things like that. Um, And Anthony made sure to establish for us, the writers, that we're always going to get something um, beneath. So you'll notice we've never done an Ivanka fucking joke. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't talk about how orange his skin is. You know what I mean? We're Mm -hmm. invited to be the brightest of ourselves, which I really, really love. I'm so worried that I'm not going to be able to uh, find a job when our season ends. So we have a season finale uh, this Thursday, and then we have a wonderful Christmas special I'm so very excited about on November 30th. And I'm so bummed because, you know, we haven't gotten a second season yet. I can't mm. imagine that they wouldn't give us one. So now I have to go find a writing job in the mean, in the interim, uh, and I'm so worried that I won't get to say whatever I want and mm. write how I want and all that stuff um, because Anthony is so welcoming and encouraging of his writers and the writing staff is so brilliant and we all think so sharply and we all feel so strongly about this um, political landscape and we all we don't have the same visions I've definitely had to fight for something 
on account of blackness. You know, right. that's always going to happen in a place where you're a person of color and not a lot of other people around are. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it, it would be my I think my voice would be stamped out in any other room. Mm. And uh, and I'm I'm so grateful that this is my first experience, and I hope that people watch. You know, Dylan from yeah. uh, Decepticomic. Yeah, he he's one of my really really good friends, and he was telling me that he hadn't watched our show because he was terrified of having to consume Trump's thirty minutes, mm -hmm. and then he started to watch it and had a an amazing time watching he's like an avid listener now yeah I'm not a listener uh, viewer, viewer now mm -hmm. and so i urge anyone out there who can't handle more than a few minutes a week that you might see in other places of a trump impersonation to to watch it because it's not an impersonation it's a study and the satire is really, really good, and I'm not just saying that because I write there. I mean, one of our EPs was one of the writers on Colbert for a long time, and then the other EP was on Kroll Show and Amy Schumer. These are, like, really smart satirists, mm -hmm. and they're the ones who pu push Anthony's, you know, um, imagination, and, you know, they manifest his vision, and he's a really brilliant guy who just just consumes all this information. Every time we're in a writer's meeting, he goes on like a tangent or makes a reference I've never heard or no clue about. <laughs> That's another part of being black right. in comedy spaces. Everybody, you know, everybody in, in comedy is like a Star Wars nerd or right. like a, star, a, space, a space, any space shows. I've never right. watched anything space. And I just be sitting there like, I don't know who Jordy LaForge is. Like, right. I have no idea what the praxis, whatever, whatever is. Mm -hmm. But he's so brilliant. He's just consuming all the time. And so there is something cathartic. I feel catharsis writing about it. Um, and I think that there will be like a cathartic element for, um, for people who watch. It's really, well, it's really vicious. The thing that it reminds me of, um, I remember when um, the South Park dudes did That's My Bush while Bush was still in office. Mm -hmm. And um, when I watched that, it felt like um, they were trying hard to not say anything. You know, where it's just right. like, oh, it's a sitcom that happens to star a Bush impersonator who lives in a White House. And through the sitcom, he plays the dumb dad of mm -hmm. of like that it's in every sitcom yeah and that's and, true yeah yeah and america was so threatened at the time and so offended by the idea that they that they were made it made him the dumb dad but they weren't afraid of the comedy of it but just it had never happened before pres a sitting president you're mocking him like um <laughs> right you know I, you know so i'm um we have like a, like a cult following like a mini cult following mm -hmm. and I'm not I don't know if we've like broken but we have a 1030 spot now so maybe more people will catch us but I do check out the hashtag when the show is airing mm -hmm. and the only people who don't like it are Trump supporters and that's exactly right. what I'm looking for right. because um, one of the important things to um, Anthony was we don't want these, like, uh, what is it, the Pepe the Frog type right. dudes 
to see this show and be amused by right. an impersonation or amused by him abusing other people. Because exactly. if you watch, we have, so it's like Trump, the conceit of the show for the listeners is that uh, Donald Trump hosts a late night talk show just like every other one you see on TV. He hosts it from the Oval Office. And Mike Pence, who's his vice president, is the sidekick. So he's like the Andy to Conan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's an abusive dynamic there. And it would, like, I'm sure it would um, make, if we did it as lazily as, you know, some other show would have, right. you would probably get MAGA trolls thinking it was hilarious that he calls um, Pence names or whatever. But we're very right. careful to always be undercutting Trump and also always injecting this kind of sinister, false Christianity into Pence. Subtly or unsubtly, we've started to become actually a lot less subtle about it. And so I'm glad that uh, Trump chose don't like it. They're the only people on the hashtag being like, yawn. I can't believe you talk about the president of the United States. Right. It's like, well, fuck you. I can't believe the president of the United States talked about anybody the way he talked about. I mean, right. he legit said he legit had Sarah Sanders say 20 women. 24 mm-hmm. is the total, but 20 who put their names on it. Are lying. Right. Twenty, two zero, twenty. Right. So what's the impetus to believe Harvey Weinstein's victims, right. but not these ones? Yeah, so. and, and also like, um, so when you talk about the Pence dynamic too, because uh, the guy who plays Pence is also great. Mm-hmm. Um, That's Peter Gross. He's an excellent, excellent comedian, and you've seen him in a lot of stuff. It was so weird because I walked into work the first day, and I was like this guy looks so familiar. Mm. Why do I know him? And I figured, oh, I've seen him around on the improv scene. Yes, that's true. But also, he's the smart one or the smarter one in the Sonic commercials that come on all the time. Oh! He looks like a completely different person. Yo. Yeah, they put him in this albino wig. He looks like a crazy person. (laughs) But that's Pete. So, um, and he's been on Veep and shit like that. He's so good. He's the um, other EP. He's the one who had been writing for Colbert for a really long time. Oh, okay. Um, he's so good uh as pence the way y'all write on the dynamic because the thing i like about the pence uh characterization isn't just the faux christianity and the the very weird um you know misogyny and shit i like the sinister like and i'm really just waiting for my turn in power like <laughs> like, like yeah. i i know this dude's a buffoon i have basically been a rep romantic to being his fucking caretaker and babysitter um the episode mm-hmm. where y'all had uh the focus group testing and trump like loses <laughs> his shit like uh he's basically like the dude's babysitter but all with the auspices of like it all with his eye on the on the oval office like but like i know this dude's gonna get fucking kicked out of here one day for uh, impeached or uh something and then i'm gonna get my turn and then i'm gonna run the country and and low-key i'm worried worse than him because i'm a true believer in this bullshit so um Mm -hmm. like it's and i am a person that has the word trump muted on twitter so i am 100 percent like fed up with this dude uh i I, we only Mm -hmm. cover him on our show literally because i feel like obligated to be like okay these are the things happening in america that are affecting people and we we kind of rush through it because i don't want to go through every detail and he does make so much sinister news but i watch our show 
weekly and it's always it's always brilliant and it's always like not it's always something i look forward to as opposed to oh, any other you. thing so much. yeah anything else featuring trump i'm like i don't need this in my life but that like uh the opening monologue is like always a press conference that he's given to the white yeah. house um and it's always very relative to the news of that week right um the, and then every episode has like a theme um this week's the theme with the like horror story the halloween and it being yes. the being the uh oh, Mueller investigation like Mueller was the was the big <laughs> spooky thing coming to get him that shit was it's just so good and like i said it's uh no shots fired at snl but it's so much better it's so much fucking better than just putting a wig on alec baldwin so i hope people do watch it if you're not already watching it um and also misandra you guys are gonna be at um a podcast a podcast conference what's going on with that no oh no um, i'm sorry the new york comedy festival uh so every november there's a new york comedy festival and it's usually very huge and um, so we're very grateful, and we found out last minute. Like we legit found out, like, um, like honestly, the day I typed it on Twitter is the day I found out that we had a date and everything like that. Um, I guess there's just momentum with me and Marsha right now. So, yeah. So we have um, a, our first live podcast, and we have an amazing guest. We can't announce yet, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we're doing a live podcast um, at the Public Hotel on Christie Street in New York City on November 11th. That's a Saturday, and it's from 5 to 6 p.m. So um, if you if you have an opportunity, if you're in New York and uh, you want to come check out some um, man-haters <laughs> who are reluctant heterosexuals, be fun and talk shit on politicians and do to make lives difficult for everybody. And also... I want to make it clear, I'm, Karen, thank you for mentioning that I am uh, committed to my blackness in public because I really am, Mm -hmm. and our show isn't just a Misandra show, Mm -hmm. it's a, I'm very careful to um, provide what I think is my black female um, perspective, and I say nigga all the time. It's Mm -hmm. actually a Mm -hmm. suck. And that doesn't blame that's why i came like you know why i came i'm not trying to be funny i tell people that's why i showed up um because that's what i want oh and something i want to ask you um listen to your show one time you had mentioned you know with the the changes and i think you said one time you had went out to lunch to purchase something in your car kept getting declined because the bank kept flagging your transactions like how does it feel mm-hmm. to be so famous the bank be like you know what this ain't your normal walmart purchase flag you ain't even outside of the country. <laughs> oh, I'm not famous. Oh my god, it is very strange though because, um, like, I, I'm not like famous at all. Uh, but it is nice that like the bank is declining because they can't believe I have that much money. <laughs> That's like a really amazing feeling. Except for it embarrassed the fuck out of me at. at a restaurant one time and I was the only black person in that restaurant and that made me really embarrassed because I didn't want you know the people around me to think I'm a scam or whatever but it is nice it's nice to you know be able to take my mom out and it's really nice to you know have a savings account oh my god this is crazy you know I'm about to like be able to like have good credit this is this is insane come on uh, you gonna mess so, around to get a 401k girl 
Oh, I don't have one of those. See, look, I haven't even thought about it. I'm, I'm sitting here being like, oh, my God, I can buy sneakers when I want. I have to think about it. Uh, I'm, I'm old. I'm old. The, I'm like, 401k. Well, well, if you have sneakers and no passport, you're losing. So I just want you to know. <laughs> that. You know, that shit, that shit really bothered me. That shit really, really bothered me. I just got my first pass. Well, not my first. My first as an adult. I went to... Uh, I went to Nigeria when I was three. I went to London when I was 12. And I never traveled internationally again. And I think I'm a pretty smart, well-rounded person. And it's such a nonsense idea that you have to. I couldn't afford it. Where the fuck was I going to fly? So now, and, and just like you guys had to get the passport this year, I had to, when I got into the JFL Festival, I had a month to get a passport, and I hadn't had one since mine expired in 2005. It was a misadventure, and if I didn't have the job that I have right now, I would not have been able to drop $200 to get a book that I'm only using because I need to go to a festival. That's insane and really condescending and really not smart, but I have other issues with old girls, so that's another thing altogether, but... She has there's uh that was the thing when that happened because I don't follow her work like that mm-hmm. um uh other than uh on uh insecure um so many people came out the woodwork with anecdotal study stories of just like and she was a jerk to me I was like oh man not only should she have not done that <laughs> because it was dumb but you shouldn't have done that just because you had to know there was a litany of people that were like i don't <laughs> like you, for you to fuck up. <laughs> like did like you didn't realize that the fucking tidal wave was just out there like oh my god <laughs> um all right let's see let's see if we can tackle some news guys um so um apparently uh kendu isaacs lost his uh request for sixty five thousand dollars um in the mary j blige Good god <laughs> yeah because she's singing about him i can't get no job yeah nigga yeah. that's your fault the judge says uh no uh he uh he he already has gotten plenty of money from mary j blige he doesn't need the extra money mm-hmm. and that the divorce songs didn't uh ruin his uh reputation so uh his she, actions did she uh she will continue to pay him thirty thousand dollars a month um but she's also requesting six million dollars from him because apparently they owe the irs and some creditors so much money that um like it's like 12 million dollars and she was like just give me half and then we'll call it even so we'll see what happens with that because i don't know what thirty thousand a month supposed to do for you when you owe six million like what is going on i hope he got the half um i hope so too that's that's insane and I keep seeing all these dudes being like, Kendu's a hero. No, he's not. He ain't nobody's goddamn hero. Right. He's it, a fucking, he's a dirtbag who wants, like, this isn't like a, a hold on, you, 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 sound, you sound a little muffled real quick. I don't know what's going on here. But go, uh, oh, yeah, I, my, I have these stupid iPhone 7 and anything above it is full of shit because I bought a 7 not realizing there wasn't an audio jack. And so um, then, you know how iPhone headphones you break? Right. They just break eventually. So I went to the T-Mobile store and I was like, yo, can I get another pair of headphones? And they were like, you have to buy Bluetooth headphones. Mm-hmm. And then I was stuck because I had to buy Bluetooth headphones. And so I have these stupid-ass beats. They were the cheapest ones there. And they were like 
two hundred dollars, mm. and I was so annoyed about it because I have to plug the shits in all the time, and so I uh, the oh so that's why okay it sounds a little different okay okay you good baby i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but uh you were saying that uh you were saying kendu uh is a hero to a lot of these ashy ass niggas yeah there's ashy niggas who are like yeah you know but the thing is that's never gonna work that's never gonna work it's never gonna be valid and here's why there's no such thing as um except for like madonna and even then that's not what happened and then with like jennifer lopez too there's no such thing as a rich super mega rich woman picking up a man who has nothing for himself and altering his lifestyle and then talking him out on the street that doesn't happen because that's not the way society works so all these people are like can do the hero Halle Berry's ex is a hero they're not heroes they're leeches because Kendu was Mary's manager that means he was living off of her and calling it work for years and so for him now to be like oh yeah pay for my lifestyle and also child support for a kid that you have no business in making that's wild and it's just and it's super whack and he should have some shame about himself he should be embarrassed by the fact that he's out here begging a woman that he cheated on he mm-hmm. cheated they always leave that part out he cheated she wouldn't write a song if he didn't cheat okay and you had to know Mary was gonna sing about it that's, that's how you met her right if anything so, like if anything he should sue and say i just want royalties on the album because i inspired this greatness you know like he shouldn't be so that's more valid right he shouldn't be so he should sue for royalties not alimony but um (laughs) it's so funny because he um like dudes will and i and i think it's just kind of uh i know it's kind of like one of those things where um like uh kind of like with black shit we get so tired of losing quote unquote that we'll defend anybody Mm -hmm uh sometimes where you're just like but cam newton was definitely wrong i don't give a fuck he a black man you're like okay you're like apparently (laughs) apparently yeah i hopefully uh whenever i do fuck up uh i'm just gonna run to all them niggas and be like nope you can't get mad you can't be mad uh (laughs) i'm saving all they tweets to be like nope i remember that time that you defended uh all these other niggas but um anyway um it's interesting because it's very like you say it's very rare that because of how society works that a man um will really be doing nothing for himself and a woman's just like mm, he fine as fuck i'm about to change his whole ass life men do mm-hmm. that like men do that all the time with their money where they're like i'm rich and you know what else i'm gonna buy a fine woman just like i would buy a car or whatever exactly and then like halfway through the marriage they realize this woman is sentient and has respect for herself and don't like getting cheated on (laughs) and now she got half they shit you know like that's the reason it happens it's not oh i married this woman who also had her own shit she started cheating on me and now i gotta pay her thirty thousand dollars a year a month that's not how that ever works so Mm-mm, i don't understand no. how they end up making these niggas heroes but uh it, it's mm-hmm. all it always makes them look super pathetic right because with women it's about potential that's the thing when women be like oh this is a future investment for me yeah i'm mm-hmm. not saying i mean i'm sure there's rich women that are like 
I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck my backup dance and you know maybe he, <laughs> like maybe but it happens so much rare is all I'm saying like it's Bridges, that that shit is like Bridges a Spears uh Kevin Federline mm-hmm. yeah like but it's such a it's such a rare thing though like even with um like uh it is rare like even like like uh there's NBA players who will marry like a cheerleader mm-hmm. you know what I mean like they like they'll do it but that's also because in men's mind there's a value to i'm fucking this fine woman that other niggas want to fuck which is why they say you know like nba players will fuck like the same six women in every city you know because it's just (laughs) so bizarre right but it's a value to it in their mind of look at me i bought the ferrari you don't have it anymore so yeah i don't think we'd ever have an actual fair one-on-one speaking of which speaking of love and marriage cardi b got engaged to offset yeah what's an offset what's an offset offset is how a member of the migos <laughs> oh okay yeah offset quavo Ain't it three of them offset quavo and take off oh. um they sound like they sound like transformers to me i'm about to say you might as well said young somebody <laughs> my eye, I, my eyes glazed over like talking to a white woman about racism what karen so happy to well be i just remember that offset is the one who screamed Offset in bad and bougie, if that helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Karen's always Karen is always so happy to be ignorant of these young black people in their culture. I sure am. Always just so happy to be like, oh, young thug, what is that? I'm like, uh, Karen, we talked about it 27 times. I don't have the capacity to remember. Well, you know what? I'm gonna make a playlist, and that's what we listen to in the car from now on till you get right. And you know, I still won't remember. You gonna you gonna remember after a while? It, I don't give a damn. Take a thousand times. That's my mission in life now. What? Is because it's gonna save us so much time on the podcast. So I, it's an investment in myself, really, <laughs> to get you to know. So we can stop doing the tangent of like, and now I gotta go find these niggas songs. Cause you know I don't remember. I be like, who that? You be like, we played it last week. I be like, look, I don't, I don't have the capacity to remember it. Anyway, uh, my favorite, my yes. favorite recent not knowing someone name was when you called lena dunham liam dunham yeah not lee no listen not liam dunham leanum dunham what is there's not even a person named leanum that's not a name it's just whatever man anyway don lemon uh got death threats and the nypd is investigating the death threats to don lemon but I feel like if they're investigating, the call's probably coming from inside the house. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he got hit with um, he got hit with numerous threatening and anti-black messages. Um, mm. And uh, it's so interesting. Uh, I, I just watched it. I just listened to an interview of his. Uh, he was on Angela Rye's podcast. I think it's called uh, like yeah. On One with Angela Rye. Um, and they're apparently they're fr- yeah, it's it's a good interview. Uh, depending on how you feel about don lemon because i don't think i've ever like hated don lemon Mm-mm. but i feel like if you do hate him and you really dislike him it's a good interview for you to be like okay so these are the components of don lemon um but i feel like if you're more like well for me i, I just always kind of was like i disagree with him and i feel like he's emblem- emblematic of a problem with cable news not right. necessarily he's, the thing, not, he's not just a problem of cable news he's a problem there is this thing happening and it's called the Trump effect mm-hmm. where it's like, uh, because Trump is so abhorrent, the most basic, basic of decency is considered like woke or is like very well received. Yes. Right. Yes. 
Don Levin has been self-hating on mm-hmm. TV from a really harmful like perspective for a long time. And now he's so disgusted by Trump, he's starting to get fade haircuts and shit like that. That's some old bullshit. He, he's, actually, like he's actually growing a fro. Oh God! Yes, kill yeah. me! No, I'm. Yes. Look, he can mm. keep his. I hope he keep it Sign he held with the word nigger on it. Like, mm-hmm. you, I'm never gonna forget that. There's so many people cooking off Trump hate that it's like, nah, bruh. I remember everything. I remember everything. Yep. And and poor. I don't think anyone should get death threats or whatever. No, it sounds it's like you're like saying black that... enough to have earned them. <laughs> 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 listen this is what this is what i'm saying okay because i think i do want to because uh i didn't forget shit and y'all know we chronicled mm-hmm. it we chronicled it on the podcast like i honestly i remember i i don't write uh very often but i was so inspired by the ridiculousness of his five points for the black community yeah, I, I love when you write to, oh um, my god I, I remember writing a parody post uh that was like don lemon has five points for the black community and i got 10 more and mine were all just because <laughs> his shit was super self-hating like pull your pants up and respect your community and shit and so i just started writing shit like go back to africa and you know like ah! <laughs> like so but so i and i i obviously didn't forget but um the thing that i think about him that i feel like gets lost in the sauce is that uh he's so emblematic of cable news being a show and mm-hmm. he knows better than a lot of other people who have come and gone who had i would say more integrity um and at least more thoughtfulness who have lost mm-hmm. their shit they've lost their shows um he keep, he will always have a platform and it's because he understands the optics of what looks good the idea of him growing a fucking fro right now it's it's gonna look good on tv of course the pro black like and he's not he had, he even said on the, in the interview like i haven't moved but the like the kind of america's changed but i mm. but i would actually push back on that he's changed like he has stopped talk like the respectability shit he just doesn't do those segments anymore right um mm. he, like he uh d- like he'll bring on three or four black people surround so the set looks like black uh just blackness mm-hmm. and right now race sales um right trump is a racist so the idea of having black commentators on your show to to and he'll invite on one trump supporter and y'all all kind of go in like the reverse the, it's, it's the same thing that was happening during obama but just backwards like right when it was obama he was bringing on more people that were critical of obama and then joining into the fray and bring on someone to defend now it's kind of the opposite um there's an anecdote you know uh, fox news their ratings are way down way right. down right because because you can get that shit everywhere now though um but 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 mostly because their biggest competition is coming from the white house like they don't mm-hmm. like you don't need you can go to the source now you can like main you're mainlining your mainlining your bigotry now uh straight from the mm-hmm. press conferences <laughs> like you don't need but also to, you can't have conspiracy theories right when you're the one in power conspiracy right. theories require you being anti-establishment right you have to come up with this crazy story for why the big wigs are in power but if the big wigs are your big wigs then you don't get to have conspiracies anymore well also like even um even with them with there being like conspiracy theories or whatever 
if they're fucking true then like like it's not it's like it's not as um like it used to be a place you could go where it's just like well fox news gonna be on some shit today like i know they gonna have some crazy shit now it's like the conspiracy theories on cnn msnbc it's like nigga this nigga fucking with russia this is what's going on with this it's everywhere she was really scared because for the first like i don't know couple months of the trump presidency she would talk about russia and i'd be like listen a lot like channel 25 like i was very alarmed yeah I, well i think um they well you hold on you said that you got a little muffled say that again one more time well so like rachel maddow i mean she's yeah. she's not because right she's not but she was leaning into russia a lot before mm-hmm. we had like a lot of information about it we still don't have that much right but she was leaning into it so much i'm like oh my god you're starting to sound Mm. a lot by Kennedy. She's reined it in and she's the kind of person who fact checks and stuff. Right. So like it's not as terrifying or you know, but it was for a second there making me like, oh my God, am I a crazy person <laughs> too? You know? Well, you know, that's what's funny, right? Because just covering the news of this White House is covering the conspiracy theory. Um right. b- because it took a conspiracy to get this dude elected. Karen, I'm just going to the sure. next section. Um but um it, cause, so so like i feel like fox news doesn't have the monopoly on that anymore you know they're they're over there talking about shit that honestly people don't care about like should we arrest hillary clinton and even the trump people while they may hate hillary clinton and they don't care about they're that. more worried about the threat of like this nigga getting impeached or who you know like that kind of shit than whatever the fuck hillary's up to but i just find it kind of interesting that um uh that that um like a guy like don lemon now finds himself back into the scent like back into the role of the agitator for the left when he's not you know what i mean and and like getting death threats and shit he gets basically gets death threats because um he wasn't like i said listen to the interview he was inspired to finally like do his job in a way that he wasn't (laughs) um because one this 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 administration took a personal shot at him so you had that he got called like the dumbest dude on tv by trump directly on twitter yeah um so so there so there's that right let's like let's the ego has something to do with this uh i really think he could have played the center a little bit more if he wasn't personally called out two he felt somewhat um complicit and i believe he feels somewhat complicit in getting trump elected with the whole like yeah gotta play both sides with the unpaid but also just unpaid advertisement like the value of the time that trump got um for um being on tv during the campaign is something like two billion where he didn't pay for it they would just put him on tv all his rallies from beginning to end they would just cut to him and cnn was the biggest perpetrator yep. of this where hillary didn't got, get nearly as much time and donald trump got the equivalent of two billion dollars of right. like advertising money and imagine and imagine yeah. when you do cover hillary clinton you're feeling like equal time is talking about her emails as much right. as you, as much as you talk about Trump having a rally where black people were beaten up, like you like, and he was part of that because and he and he does bring up an interesting point where he says, well, part of the reason is because I'm black, people have a different expectation of me when they tune in, mm-hmm. and he's absolutely sure. right. That cause I'll admit, I'll cop to that. Like when I watch him mm-hmm. and I see him say some whack shit, I, if it was like 
i don't know jake tapper saying the same white shit i'd be like well he's white he did just fuck him he didn't know what he's talking about when it's don lemon i'm like really nigga i know you know as a black person that mm-hmm. that's that there's no two sides to racism but um so that's that was part of it um but there's an anecdote in there about um amorosa being on the show and i thought that was the most telling part of that interview where he talks about how um she came to the to to the studio whatever and she just started lying and then she told him your no the right the question is this and he's like look you can spin whatever you want to spin because that's what people do on the news but you can't determine what i ask you like i Mm. this, this is my show i asked the question you can avoid the question you can spin the answer he's like um but i'm not letting people lie on the air and i'm not letting people um dictate to me what's gonna happen and he told her you you're finished you can get off the show like he cut the break early and said you can go and she was like um what you're kicking me out of because this platform is the thing and he's like yeah i'm kicking you off the show and she's like uh he's like unless you want to basically play by the rules and she goes well yeah i'll play by the rules and he said from that point on she was very sweet she did the whole show she answered the questions she of course spun her shit how she wants to spend um and then he said she went on twitter or talked to tmz or something and later like called him a drama queen and all this shit but the point Mm. the point being that to me is how i've always perceived don lemon to be which is he cares about his platform more than he cares about like all this just journalistic ethics and truth and i think he just wants that big ass platform of cnn and he can't get that anywhere else his entire advice to angela rye and almost everybody else that's on twitter is like don't fight on twitter don't say shit to people on twitter because um the only thing that matters is you have a platform and you need to outlast your enemies um and um if you lose it via twitter you also lost it for free because twitter doesn't pay you so if you're gonna if you're gonna talk shit about somebody talk shit on your show or don't talk shit at all if somebody's calling you names or whatever and he also talked about how like the homophobia that he receives and shit which obviously is fucked up um like i guarantee part of that is also part of the reason that he doesn't really listen to a lot of critique because i don't have time to like and you know now uh at this point right but sometimes when i'm filtering through like a hundred people talking shit about me i will end up being like i just don't want to engage with anybody right so some people right. may have like say 10 percent of that group have some valid points about what i said and 90 percent of them are just calling me a nigger guess what nobody gets a response to it's that 100 like i don't like right. i don't care and i think he's able to kind of separate himself from the feedback that he would get from blackness and from other people in that way and he probably only filters shit through people he knows but all that being said he also talked about having to have security just to go out to his car now so i just think things have changed in a way where he looks activated but i don't know that he's necessarily changed i just feel like shit changed around him and he made a the bare minimalist of changes of i'm gonna actually try to do my job now and that's enough mm-hmm. in the, that's enough in this climate for people to watch him and go i want to fucking kill him that's right. crazy isn't that insane that's, that's crazy insane. like when i watch don lemon i never think i mean i don't really watch him but whenever i see a clip or something online i never right. think to myself wow don lemon super woke but i'll see people say that and i'm like but the clip i watched all he did was say you're lying trump didn't say that or whatever 
and people will be like look at him get him don and i'm like wow that's how low the, the bar has moved right we, he didn't do anything anyway uh yeah don't kill them guys is what i'm trying to say okay <laughs> don't kill him we need him around for a little yeah. bit he doesn't deserve know. to die because i don't like his politics and shit so that's all i'm saying um uh, Nazis deserve to die, though. Punch them niggas in their motherfucking grill. Uh, <laughs> you will never catch me defending them. Um, let me see. Oh, a U.S. anti-sexual assault group sees a surge in calls after Harvey Weinstein's um, 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 scandal. You don't say. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, apparently, women are um, being more uh, coming forward about more stuff because of this um and uh i know we're seeing it in hollywood it seemed like every fucking day i open up a article that's like and this motherfucker out here grabbing pussies too like uh, it's a whole thing Mm -hmm. but uh yeah even in just like the general population uh the national helpline um which is called uh helpline at rain uh it's the biggest u.s organization of its kind they say they receive 21 percent more calls than usual after allegations against uh harvey weinstein start coming forward mm-hmm. i hope their funding don't get cut <laughs> oh yeah that's a good not trying to be funny all these hotlines suicide hotline rate like that's the shit that's being cut like shit that's actually helping people right. they're like yeah we need to save money let's cut these hotlines by 50 percent you're like what the fuck they can't stay in service like this yeah so i mean i'm glad people are being vocal about stuff and hopefully something happens with these people being accused but i doubt it uh no nothing's gonna happen (laughs) but i do like i do appreciate that um and i don't know how long it's gonna stick although this time it feels different like Mm -hmm, different with a capital d um but i do like that men know that they can be ashamed about it because this is like there's this weird thing, particularly in, like, art spaces, but, like, sexual predators are really defiant. They like to taunt. And my friend, I was like, is there a thing about this? But uh, my friend is like, they're, like, serial killers that write notes to the media or to the police. But, like, especially with sexual predators who are artists, like Bill Cosby or, like, Woody Allen or, like, R. Kelly, they're very defiant and, like, will you know, R. Kelly would call himself the Pied Piper. Woody Allen's movie storylines are all sort of things that allude to a statutory rape situation. Bill Cosby was like coming out on stage when he was still on that final tour and making jokes about leaving drugs around him. I mean, your cups around him. And um, so there's this like, I think there's this thing happening where men never were ashamed of dominating or violating women because the general public doesn't think that that's like a worthwhile thing to get upset about. Mm -hmm. But I am liking now that there's like a series of people who've been publicly embarrassed. Even if that's like not totally satisfying and like things aren't really happening. I don't think Weinstein's going to go to jail. I don't think Mark Halpern is going to go to jail. But I do like that they're being embarrassed publicly. Mark Halpern's not going to get his TV show anymore. And Bill O'Reilly gets to whine about being mad at God from a fucking podcast because he's not going to have a TV show anymore. And even if that's like not satisfying to the present victims, I at least am very glad that it's impolite to 
to be how they've been. Because the biggest problem that we're having with Trump, there aren't more racists now. They're only more vocal because racism is not impolite anymore. And I want it to go back to being impolite because when, you know, it's impolite and uncomfortable for the society at large for things to happen, for people to say certain things, then progressive changes incrementally come about. So I like the idea that all these women are coming forward because that means that they're actively invested in people knowing and changing. That's why they say something in the first place. Yeah, I and, and like I said, it's now women that aren't celebrities, that aren't like this isn't Hollywood, you know, it's just people calling sure. me like, hey, I was working at Wendy's and this nigga grabbed my ass or whatever or I, I work in corporate America and my boss like sexually propositioned me and I haven't told anybody and now I'm calling this hotline, you know, so I'm glad because I feel like um, in a way women do men a huge favor of holding in shit like this because yep. even if they don't feel like it's a, a service or whatever it's essentially a service because it's like i don't want to deal with the consequences of this shit but it, but mm-hmm. but but those predators rely on you feeling embarrassed about what they did to you you know um yep. like and i and i feel like um i when things like this happen it's women inspiring other women like i saw you come forward and you know what i now i'm gonna tell my story because my my story does matter and it is important you know um and hashtag me too and then i'll steal this from a black woman and take all the credit so you know it's it's, it's you know it's, it's levels to it but uh, i do appreciate people calling and uh you know it's sad it's sad that it takes stuff like that to happen but i mean that's the only good that comes of it is you might be inspired to stop holding someone's secret right and the way i and i had this is a reality i had to come to a long time ago when it comes to racism and when it comes to sexism i don't care how do you get there i don't care if you have a change of heart or if all of a sudden you got a a, a somebody you a family member a mama uh, somebody you fucking for you to come there. I don't care if the law goddamn forces you to. I had to come to the clues. I don't give a fuck how we got there. Your behavior needs to change. And that's the end result. Right. And I think I used to get so frustrated because I was like, well, goddamn, don't you see these people as human beings? Can't you have compassion? And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. You just can't. Right. All right. You just can't have compassion. Well, here's a motherfucking law that says you got to fucking change. So do it or take your yep. ass to jail or pay a motherfucking fine. Whatever it takes to force you <laughs> to change, bitch. Uh, Saudi Arabia granted a robot citizenship, giving it more rights than Saudi women. Uh huh. Oh, which one would you cover a table? <laughs> oh my god, Miss Andrea. Wow. <laughs> I guess they was right about the guns with Saudi Arabia. Did they put guns on the robot? Yeah, they apparently gave a robot that once said it wanted to destroy humans more rights than its own citizens. The humanoid named Sophia became the first robot in history to be granted citizenship at the future investment. Well, at least it's a girl robot. Right? You know? Okay, you know. You know, you gotta accept your feminist pioneers wherever they come, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, it got the, um, it got granted citizenship at the fir- at the future investment initiative of Riata 
or wait riyadh uh on october yeah. 25th um the decision sparked a backlash with people furious that a female robot achieved more rights than millions of women and refugees in saudi arabia uh, i feel like the men who created the female robot are like look at y'all just 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 dragging women down with women hating women jealousy <laughs> it's really that's the problem y'all are so divided it's just uh. <laughs> <laughs> women are so catty right. on this robot. Aww, so Sophia immediately started um uh subtweeting all the other women instead of <laughs> celebrating progress. All you hoes need to get like me and get Louboutins and maybe you might be able to drive a car. <laughs> this why y'all shouldn't be allowed to vote. Duh! <laughs> uh, many pointed out that Sophia was presented at the conference not wearing the traditional dress required of Saudi women. No hijab, mm-hmm. no abaya. Uh, the Hanson Robotics made humanoid was also not accompanied in public by a man. According to Saudi law, women are required to have a male guardian, a father, brother, husband, and even son who make decisions on their behalf. Damn. Some of Good the- God right um some of the things women aren't able to do by themselves including apply for a passport travel outside the country study abroad get married or exit prison i feel like what they're i feel like what really we just found out is that they didn't build it with a vagina oh no it doesn't have one Mm -mm. (laughs) i feel like if they built it with a a working vagina they would have put men around it covered it up and all that stuff yeah um it's really crazy because uh so my parents are muslim um and you know uh islam is like 400 years younger than christianity Mm -hmm. so it's a bizarre thing because you know everyone acts like uh islam is like this horrible thing to women Mm -hmm. and what's happening is that the middle ages and like that period of european christianity happened not in concert with a more pro- progressive society elsewhere. Um, and so it's astonishing to hear these stories, right? But they're doing what white people did in 1600. They're just doing it now. We have the technology to have access to that information. But Islam is, like, very sexist, but it's about as sexist as all the other ones. The issue, though, that's really crazy is that Things like this, like, you know, women can't drive cars or they can't apply for passports or things like that. That is not a religious recommendation. That's a societal issue. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's astonishing to me that, like, uh, you know, that our country has such, like, a congenial relationship with Saudi Arabia where most of the 9-11 bombers and we watch shit like that happen where like a woman can't fucking be in public without a dude that's insane that's literally you're not allowed to be a person in the view of other people that's insane and like we need to do something about that that's that's like the most bizarre thing that i've ever heard that's crazy i think the only thing we can do with uh trump in power we gotta nuke him uh that's our that's our foreign policy that's the only solution yes yeah, our foreign so. it's our foreign policy now is threatening to kill people so hopefully we can start well, with that all we have to do first of all because trump won't do it unless we come up with like a really fun nickname for the saudi royal family mm, right that's true so we have to i don't know what like He'll come he's, up. He's with, gotten less creative. He's yeah. gotten less creative, though. I mean, he calls Bob Corker little Bob Corker, 
But he had already used little on Marco Rubio. Right. Guy, he's losing his wit. He doesn't he have enough time. He doesn't have enough time like he used <laughs> he, to have on a campaign trail. He's losing too much staff. You got good writers gone. <laughs> right. All the good writers yeah, are now on. Are, they're now on <laughs> SNL and all these talks, the late night shows. Right. They, they left his staff and now they're making money at Breitbart again, man. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's uh, do some fucking with black people. I feel like the whole show's been that, but let's officially do I'm it. I was about to say, yes, it has. You always want to avoid it. <laughs> We're just fucking with those black people. We're just fucking with those blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. That's right, guys. Time to play the game we all hate to play. It's fucking with black people. The game that goes all around the globe and we assign point scores from zero to a hundred and auto and how much we feel fucked with by the articles that we found. Today's contestants, everybody. All right. Let's see who's fucking with us. Um. <laughs> A Texas uh, high school football game broadcaster has apologized for slurring black high school uh, football players as cougros. Excuse me? What's a cougar? Cougros. A cougar? What the fuck is a cougar? Uh, well, apparently. A cougar being a woman who, you know, dates younger men, but I don't think we talk about that type of cougar. Well, he was fired for using a racial slur against a rival team making fun of a cheerleader and making fun of a cheerleader's weight because misogyny and racism go hand in hand guys I t- they cousins they first cousins y'all in- incestuous cousins um according to <laughs> fort ben Herald, the fort ben Herald announcer mark banton insisted he was not making a racist slur when he called black players from the sequin high cougars the football team uh he called them cougros he said it was just a misunderstanding Wait, how do you misunderstand a word you made up? How also, do we misunderstand a word you made up? And you why, made it up. Why, Go ahead. Why not just add another G to Cougars and just, you can, then <laughs> the word's already there. Why, why would you? Yeah, because he wanted you to know specifically he was calling them Negroes. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's not a good mashup name. He should go to, like, People Magazine, all the people who mash the celebrity names in their couples. He needs to hire one of those people, just a racist one, and him be in good shape. Because now, not only are you racist, but I'm also confused. Yeah, I think ah! I think what he needed to do is combine cougars with uh, the southern variation of the super racist Negra. So he could have been <laughs> like these cougars, and now I'm like, ooh, that's racist. I don't know what it means, but yeah. feels super duper racist, buddy. Yeah. Cougars. I, I'd be so off. I wouldn't even know to be offended. I'm like, I'm what, what, what? Cougars? Yeah, cougars. I just assume he said cougars. These, you know, this is crazy. I'm sorry, cut you off, Ken. Are you good? Um, there, um, I there are so many slurs for black people. Right. Someone told me the other day that spook. Is a is a is a slur for black people. Oh yeah, uh-huh. no. mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's old school. And, uh, and then moon cricket, yep. Yep. that's another thing. good one. One of my faves, that's my personal crazy. favorites. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've moon heard them. Cricket. We've heard them all. We've heard them all in Guess the Race. Yeah. <laughs> Canadians, Canadians is one. Yeah, they call Canadians. Yeah, they call us Canadians, like at restaurants because they'll say that we're not we're tipping in canadian dollars like because we're not tipping 
And oh they, yeah, shit. and they that's don't want that, right. They oh, don't want to say have to tip in Canada. That's a dumb one, right? It's a, it's oh, you come on, <laughs> they're like they gotta be smart. <laughs> the fuck is a moon cricket? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's stupid. It's so dumb. Anyway, um, he was fired from JacketRadio.com after the incident. After initially saying, "I'm aware of the accusations. I have nothing to say about it." Mm. After he got fired, I guess he came mm-hmm. back. He also mocked one of the cheerleaders during the game because uh, of their weight. Um, so, uh, zero to a hundred, Karen. Oh, a hundred. Yeah, somebody said Jigaboo. I like Jigaboo too. That's the person, mm-hmm. another person. Yeah, I've heard Jigaboo. I'm a fan of Tar the Baby. The first time I heard Tar Baby, I, mm-hmm. uh, that one is kind of like, that one is like really meant to hurt your feelings. Yeah, Tar right. Baby. Mm-hmm. But Jigaboo, I heard it for the first time when I was 16, and I got called that by another black person. And mm. I was like, what the fuck's a Jigaboo? And then <laughs> I, like, asked, I asked my other friend, and she was like, you don't know what Jigaboo? I'm like, my parents are Nigerian. We don't have the same slurs right. you people have. Mm-hmm. And um, when I finally understood what Jigaboo meant, I realized that that girl hated me. Yeah. <laughs> ah. tar, tar Baby's good to me because I imagine you have to fuck some tar or something. Like, Dang. How, who came up with that? <laughs> yeah, Porch Monkey is a good Porch Monkey is a good one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Spirit Chuck is just okay because that has some African connotations. I've never yeah. really identified with Spirit Chucker. Um, that one is very. <laughs> no, come on. We have to have these like 10 African togetherness if they calling me a spirit chucker they calling you one too rod don't be trying oh, to oh i know it just doesn't uh, what i'm trying to say is it don't hurt me the way <laughs> that it probably would hurt somebody that had closer roots like they oh. um, unfortunately they robbed me of my history of ancestry so i don't <laughs> it just don't hurt the way that like yeah. tar baby hurts to me more because i'm a, from north carolina so i'm a tar, tar hill. hill that's my yeah, favorite team oh, and niggas be like it, right it. so you call me a tar baby i'm like fuck man like i identify with that on too many <laughs> levels but uh you know i mean i get mad at them all jungle bunny i don't know where that what came from jungle bunny? that's a racist term for black people jungle bunny um all right <laughs> anyway um what about you uh ray zero to a hundred for cool grows uh 75 because he got fired and he quickly not quickly but um he got some kind of a thing but it's wild that he even tried in the first place so 79 75 all right i would give it a uh i'm gonna give it a 50 because he went with cool grows and not uh cougars because i feel like that that term wasn't he he needed to work on that racism it just wasn't ah, it wasn't creative right like i feel like i'd be more uh confused like karen said if right. i heard it on the broadcast i wouldn't immediately i would know it was kind of racist but it it doesn't convey the same racism of cougars yeah like and like i said mm-hmm. i'm i'm old and out the loop so people were probably calling me all kind of racial shirts and i'd be like i don't i don't know i don't even know to be offended now, i don't know that they're that creative karen you know we oh i know <laughs> that's the thing i'm not saying i wouldn't know it was racist but i spend more time trying to figure out what the fuck it meant than ah, like yeah cougars oh I think man you have I to know. have the visual of all, all those kids being black to understand mm-hmm. that he was doing something okay. like that right. And now, right and now here comes some cougars on the field like uh, i guess mm-hmm. um racist farmers sentenced to prison over coughing cases oh uh in uh south africa uh two white farmers found guilty of kidnapping assault and intent to do grievous bodily harm to more for uh they got sentenced to more than 10 years in prison after they shoved a black man in a coffin and threatened to set him on fire 
good god 100 willem austin and theo jackson was said they got a white man named theo jackson (laughs) nigga that's black on black crime (laughs) that's black on black crime for (laughs) theo jackson (laughs) yes Yes. that would be like if oldest killed malik right (laughs) right i'm like i don't know about this i mean that must be a nickname (laughs) that can't be your real name he must have been the one that got the least amount of years um because that's not as bad (laughs) but yeah um, they were sentenced to 11 and 14 years in jail um sentencing proceedings which had been postponed since monday were heard at middleburg magistrate's court on friday the court felt fell silent at the heavy sentences as they were handed out family members of both of them sat together and cried (laughs) Uh, the case has shocked the country and seen an outpouring of support for the victim, uh, Victor Malathwa. Um, the incident, which took place in August 2016, caught the country's attention after mobile phone footage was widely watched online. So there's video of this. Wow. Why would you record yourself doing that? Why Snapchat. would you do that? Snapchat is taking everybody down. What were they even mad about? <laughs> what were they mad about? The judge said the conduct of the accused fueled racial division in a society of increasing racial intolerance. There were bullet scenes outside of the Middleburg Magistrates Court as news of the sentencing was announced. About 500 people, many in party regalia of the ANC and the Democratic Party, could be seen waving party flags and holding up banners that call for an end to racism. A mobile stage <laughs> sponsored by ANC. End racism now! Yo, I, my face. My favorite thing about this is uh it sounds like the people outside literally came to celebrate the sentencing. Like it sounds because they had a mobile stage set up outside. Uh they were dressed <laughs> in their party regalia. Like I feel like they came outside like, oh, it's on. How much time they get? Eleven years. We got eleven, y'all. Woo! Turn up <laughs> turn up the jams. So like it's a redskins game. Right. Yes. <laughs> Turn up that music. They bought up the grills and everything. People out right. there cooking and everything. Y'all know since it's at 11 o'clock, I gotta get there early. How you tailgate, how you tailgate at the court? Right. <laughs> yeah, the whole pocket lot was full. Just outside. Celebrate good times. Come on. Yeah, put the ice in the drink over there. Yeah, go ahead and set the stage up. Call me when the microphone's ready. We'll be, we'll be gonna be ready when they come out here. Waving flags, holding up banners to end racism. Oh, they was ready. Mobile stage. They had, they said the leaders took turns addressing hundreds of supporters who came from surrounding areas to show support. Mm-hmm, they had balloons and everything, honey. They was ready. About 30 white <laughs> farmers also came to show solidarity with the accused now i wonder what would make 30 white farmers show up (laughs) to say i feel a kinship with the men who beat and threw a man into a casket and threatened to burn him alive i wonder why you need to they need warrants they probably have tons of negro bodies on (laughs) their land what the fuck? <laughs> they got black men being fertilizer for their crops. This is mm-hmm. terrible. I'm trying to imagine what would have to happen in my life for me to see a viral video and go, I need to go support that man that just did this hate crime. Mm-hmm. What was going on? Anyway, they, uh, I guess they, they didn't get to dance. They stood adjacent to the entrance of the court looking on mostly in silence as the crowd danced, sang, and shouted slogans. That's what I'm talking. I told you it was a fair. They sold tickets. <laughs> they would have fish plates and barbecue out there. All up in the dancery. They had t-shirts. They had, 
get that holleration in a farmer's market mm. come on they they honey they were selling all kind of fresh fruits and vegetables people right. were like look i can't i came from out of town to make mo- i heard this is where the money is this is like the ultimate extension of when moonlight beat la la land for me like yeah like every every black victory is completely increased tenfold by the presence of some salty ass white people that gotta witness it yeah oh. Oh, nothing better yep. than just a white person having to be like, and I lost, and then us being in the background like, doom, 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 another one bites the dust. Come <laughs> on, like, oh, so happy. For I them. was wondering, I was wondering the whole time because I, I don't watch SNL not out of like a rivalry thing. Right. I just, um, just don't like you know uh, sketch comedy all that much. Right. But I kept, I saw all the. Uh, all the promos that Ryan Gosling and Jay-Z did together and I was like did, I was wondering like I wanted to know if backstage Ryan was like what's up with all the la la line yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> what's up with this video you have on title I, I don't what's the where, I don't get the reference <laughs> I've always been a fan man yeah <laughs> come on dude what did I do um yeah they uh they said um defense lawyers represented the accused man earlier they asked the court to be lenient saying that um Malathua was riding a wave of public outrage ever since the video of him being assaulted in the coffin went viral though they argued the men Why, yeah you get to ride all the waves you get to be the best surfer in the world if you fucking have video you're so humiliated in the moment and then millions of people rewatch it over and over again so you're humiliated over and over again yeah ride that fucking way what is that that way what is that everything what does that say that that was the best thing the defense people could come up with because you knew you had no defense like that means you literally ran out of every option and just was like hey your honor niggas niggas are partying a little too hard on my man okay like they celebrating a little too fucking they clapping a little too hard i mean mean, they was here at 6 a.m roasting pigs your honor your honor i gotta tell you something don't you hear the music in the background look out Outside and see the barbecue place on sale. <laughs> it's not fair. Was about to too carefree. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were they partying. Uh the final judgment is expected to have far reaching consequences for race relations in the country. Um also they said that um that the 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 men were sorry for the consequence of their actions and the prosecution argued that the accused has shown little remorse. Um in the video they can be seen trying to close the lid to the coffin with their boots as he begged for his life the man can be heard hurling abuse and threatening to douse him with petrol and set him on fire the assault took place on a farm close to a commodity power station in middleburg a northeastern town and spurred national outrage prompting recollections of the country's racist past carol taught uh jackson's lawyer said there's no racist past it's a racist present right. mandela was like in my lifetime nigga you didn't get people past f- right that wasn't too long ago that was five minutes ago like i watched cry freedom in school like it, we, <laughs> exactly. we're not that far removed our racist our racist past you know fucking full house or some shit was on tv when Nelson Mandela got out of jail yeah come on dog. i feel like if we can remember it it don't get to count Mm-mm. like if it's like you know what i mean like if it's my like if my parents can remember it then i feel like you can call it the past like it's like i remember colored water fountains i'm like ah okay that counts i don't remember those but yeah, it's, if it's, it's really <laughs> wild 
it's really wild how insistent upon the distant past people are. It's really crazy. You know, my mom's older than the country of Nigeria. Like, my mom was born when Nigeria was already born. She was probably like three or four years old when Nigeria got relinquished by the, right. colon- the colonialists. And, like, for there to be people who are alive right now who had, like, a grandparent that was a slave. And, oh, actually, I was talking to, sorry to cut you off. I was talking to uh, one of my guy friends, and he's a um, really sweet Indian dude. He's um, kind of, like, naive on a lot of race stuff because there is a currency that, you know, South Asian people get to trade with in America that you and I and Karen don't necessarily have, you know, model minority stereotypes and stuff. And so in comedy, as it happens everywhere, somebody will say, oh, uh, you're only there because you're Indian or something like that. So someone said something like that to him and he was like, not astonished, but he was like disappointed in a way that I would never be disappointed because I don't believe in the goodness of white people in that. But he still does. But one of the things he said to me, which was, like, mind-blowing, because I can't believe I, it had never occurred to me. He's like, every time a white person says, get over slavery, it's been 150 years, he's like, they don't even, well, how come we can't say to them, get over poverty, it's been 150 years, why aren't you <laughs> right. rich and famous? Right. And I was like, oh, shit, I had never even thought about that. Right. Because, like, the really vocal, like, you know, the really vocal, like Trump supporters are everywhere, but like the really super vocal ones, they're usually of the lowest socioeconomic status. And yep. it's like, why are you feeling aggrieved? You've had plenty of time to get over it. Right. It's like, so, yeah, I'm like, get over racism. You know what I mean? Like, let it go. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm going to hold on to racism to the day I die. I'm like, well, that's how I'm going to hold on to um, this oppression then, dog. I'm sorry. Like, y'all going to have to. Yeah. Y'all first, okay? Y'all do y'all same time. We drop it at the same time. <laughs> y'all first. y'all drop systemic racism <laughs> and I'll drop talking about it, but we gotta do it at the same time. Um anyway, this uh this mo these motherfuckers went to jail. Um mm-hmm. zero to hundred Karen. Zero. They went to jail and it was a fish fry. All right. Uh <laughs> 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 what about you, Ray? <laughs> uh twenty five, cause there's still 30 people who showed up for them on their side. That's a good point. I think I would go about 25 as well because uh, I feel obviously fucked with by the initial infraction. So glad he didn't lose his life. Um, and uh, But 75 off because I definitely... The, the fact that they partied at the courthouse just gets... Oh, just beautiful. <laughs> I also love that they knew. I wish we had that type of surety in America where we could be like, oh shit, it's Officer Slagger's trial day take you go oh <laughs> girl i'm doing a half a day dog we're bringing lunches i'm bringing my picnic dog i'm, pra- yes. I'm passing out i'm passing out mlk flies let's fucking do Come this on. <laughs> like, i'm going to pick up my baby from school right. it's gonna be a celebration they're gonna be like the bus loads from like you know the african-american museum right. they're gonna show up and it's gonna be a bus load after families. bus load after bus load it's gonna be families with t-shirts that all say the same thing and it's gonna be people like getting <laughs> their i got Right, I gotta get Dubai my outfit. I gotta get my outfit together today. It's yes. trial day, niggas. Yes. Citizen time, citizen.
sentencing time. What you wearing sentencing day, and, boy? And you know, Instagram <laughs> gonna be lit, Facebook gonna be lit, the hashtags gonna be popping. Right. Oh, it's gonna be some salty white people there. Come oh. on, Snapchat. They're gonna we gonna have our own filter on Snapchat called Trial Day. Nigga, we need sentencing parties in America. I need this to be a thing. I wish we had that type of justice. Because if not, it's just be a bunch of sad, dressed up black people downtown. Come like, on. <laughs> they let another one off. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and white people dancing offbeat on us. The ones uh, with threes. <laughs> eating se- eating unseasoned food, just dancing. Eating fondueing yoga pants. Square square dancing on us. Just anyway. Yes with the cowboy hats. <laughs> uh all right, last last one of the uh of the fucking with black people stories. Okay. An Indiana man invites racists to fund his African vacation um larry oh that's good that's good larry mitchell set up a gofundme titled send me back to africa uh in which he is a fucking genius he's a 41 year old forklift driver from kokomo indiana indiana uh, he couldn't believe the racist hate and venom he saw on the internet after Philando Castile and Alton Sterling were killed by police. He said it kind of shocked me because they just celebrated, we just celebrated 4th of July, come back the next week and you see people saying go back to Africa. He told the New York Daily News, if you want me to go back to Africa, then pay for it. So Mitchell mm-hmm. put together a GoFundMe page where he has no qualms about accepting donations from racists who wanted to go back to Africa. Although Mitchell, an Indiana native, has never stepped foot on the continent. On the page, he openly invites mm-hmm. the KKK, skinheads, and any mm-hmm. other like-minded individuals to pony up and donate to the cause. <laughs> Money is green, he told the New York Daily News. They take our, <laughs> they take our, he said they take our money every day. Uh, here's a snippet mm-hmm. from his GoFundMe page. Send me back, in quotes, to Africa Fund. If you want me to go back to Africa, <laughs> I will gladly go. You can help make your dream and mine come true. Except, <laughs> oh, yeah! accepted all donations kkk skinheads and anyone else with like-minded thinking are welcome to donate thank you god bless you and america hashtag put your money <laughs> put your money where your hate is come on oh my god uh, i love this he's so funny that's great uh and, and I, I hope he takes all that money and doesn't go to africa i hope he goes to like some african store in whatever town he is yeah. buy some fabric take pictures in a dashiki and like <laughs> movie. go out just go out to like someone's backyards in the woods and take a picture in a dashiki I, I went I went now I'm keeping all this money get me a new car fuck y'all yeah or either uh, oh my god I rent out a Black Panther theater be like yeah Wakanda's in Africa so we all there yeah well, he's already raised uh, according to this about well this is just a screenshot from a while ago so I don't know if he made how much he made at the end but oh we have to find oh my god i'm gonna google it right now yeah he doesn't think he'll reach uh his ultimate goal of a hundred thousand dollars but if he does he fully intends to take his trip uh we hope he takes wonderful pictures um uh yeah you don't need a you don't need a hundred thousand dollars to go to africa but i appreciate yeah i just found it Mm, i just found it oh he only raised like Twenty one hundred dollars, a bummer. Yo, that's actually still because I don't think he ever thought he'd get that money. But Mm-mm. hey, twenty one hundred sure. is still a grip, dog. All you had yeah. to do was be like, send me to Africa, like nigga. 
I, also he kind of looks like Sarone. he does <laughs> He does. Aww. Somebody on my on my Facebook page when I posted the article said, "What's his at?" It's like I don't know, man. Yeah, he's he's, he's got a he's got a full beard, and I have no problem showing him what Africa Can we see is it? like. <laughs> help him go to you gonna help him go to Africa. I show you a shortcut, son. I I got you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, oh can we see it baby? I'm, I'm putting it on the screen Karen. um one comment most of the people were well wishers that did comment on the the trip and get and donate although one person mm-hmm. one person was a donor named fed up white guy who gave five dollars and put you better not come back so five dollars you five. don't know no excuse me no you have to be one of these like my, you know how they have like the levels, like you donate this much, this much, or whatever. If you give me the whole hundred thousand, then your gift is me never coming back. Right. But you ain't gonna give me no silly ass five dollars. I've lost more being black in America than five fucking dollars. You just suck my dick. And you gonna call and and you gonna say uh you took the time out to name yourself fed up white guy. It's too fed much. Fed up white guy. You too much effort. Ball too much effort uh yeah. that's the picture karen so now you see him um all right yeah, like some rubber glasses zero to a hundred karen mm-hmm. oh zero all right Ray Sonny. zero i give it zero as well good good for everybody involved genius we- i love that he got two thousand dollars though that's black <laughs> people are so creative you keep trying to not give us anything and the niggas would be like, "Hey, here's my campaign to go back to Africa." <laughs> right. Uh, so so creative. Uh, I'll let Ray pick the last segment. Okay. Um, will you either do white people news or guess the race today? Let's do some white people news. All right, white people news time. Now you guys know what that means. We got to play a cover. Yeah, which um, one? It may or may not be able to. Hear oh it. damn! I i didn't remember that oh okay well would you rather do guess the race that's fine as well no i still i'll i'll suffer through it it'll probably be another acoustic no diggity that's white people's favorite black Mm. song it's no diggity or this is how we do it that's their one it's very bizarre uh yeah i mean they 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 do they do they are fond of our shit um and not our culture i mean of our culture but not our people (laughs) Um, let me see. Nope. Uh, oh, I'm down to my last two. I gotta re up on these, but, uh, alright, let me put it on screen. I'm not 100% sure if you'll be able to hear it through Skype. Right. Uh, because of the, yeah. um, the way the sound set up. So if you hear silence for a hot minute. See, look at God. Yeah. I'm so, see how he keeps blessing me? This mm-hmm. means you just did this to everyone else and not yourself, which is the white, <laughs> the whitest white woman's way to so do this. Trump of me. Yeah, very 53% of you to to send us down this path. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, for your own amusement. <laughs> oh, cool. The Chick-fil-A ad is on in the, in the background as well. <laughs> it's Okay, so now Wait, I feel so like... Wait, so just tell me what it's the cover of when you guys are done. Alright. Okay. I'm mad that um Chick-fil-A ad is on in the background because it definitely it <laughs> means my YouTube is profiling me and it knows. And, <laughs> and Chick-fil-A is not even open on Sundays. Yes, All, your right. Name. All right. Like I said, I'm not sure you'll be able to hear it. I'm going to play it right now and I'll tell you right after. All that ass in ah! the teens. What? Oh, I 
Kim Roscoe Ski. Long hair, she don't care. When she walks, she gets stares. Brown skin or a yellow bone. DJ, this my favorite song, so I'ma make it thunderstorm. Bird won't it flock a yeah, blow it, fuck it, I don't care. Chest is flying everywhere. Tap my partner Roscoe like bra. I'm drunk as hell, can't you tell? Who's who spent that fit to stack, so fuck it. Well, I'm trying to hit that hotel with two girls that swallow me. Take this dick while I swallow Bay Moscato. Got a freaky A, you got me in a trance. Please take off your pants. Push a pop on that handstand. You got me sweating. Please pass me a fan. Damn, girl, the way you moving. Got me in a trance. I'ma sip Moscato, you gon' lose them pants I'ma throw this money while you do it with no hands Girl, drop it to the floor I love you All I wanna do is sit back and watch you move And I'll proceed to throw this cash She said, look my, no hands She said, look my, no hands And no darling, I don't dance And I'm with Rocco, I'm with Roscoe I think I deserve a chance I'm a bad motherfucker Going at some motherfuckers A young, handsome motherfucker I slang that wood, I just nunchuck him And who you with? What's your name? You not hip, boo, I'm Wale Net DC shit, I rap all day My eyes red cause of all that haze Don't blow my high, let me shine Drummer on the beat, let me take my time Nigga want beef, we can take it outside oh. Fuck it, what bro, these hoes oh, ain't mine As you rock your mind I sweat no bitches, just sweat out beats. I know, ruin the good thing. I got 16 for this Roscoe thing, but I'm almost done. Let me get back to it. Whole lot of loud in a little bag would. Whole lot of money, big tip, I would. Put her on a train, little engine could. Bitch, girl, the way you moving. Got me in a trance. DJ, turn me up. What'd you say, right? Yeah, he was so much. Bitch! Wait, we gonna I'm gonna sip Moscato. You gonna lose some pants. I'm gonna throw this money while you do it with no hands. Girl, drop it to the floor. I love the way your booty go. All I wanna do is sit back and watch you move. And I'll proceed to throw this cash. Roscoe Dash R-O-S-E-O-E Mr. Showy Put it on me I be going ham Show the upgrade from baloney Them oh, niggas tipping good girl, But I can make it flood Cause I walk around with pockets That are bigger than my bus Rain, rain, go away That's what all my haters say My pockets are gone overload My rain never evaporate No need to elaborate Most of these ducks exaggerate But I'ma get money nigga Everyday stunt nigga Ducks might get a chance after me Bitch I'm balling Coming up for free throws, cause the head of the game, no cheat codes. Lambo, Roscoe, no street code. And your booty got me lost like Nemo. Go, 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 go on and do your dance. And I'ma throw this money while you do it with no hands. Girl, got me in a trance. DJ, turn me up. Ladies, this your jam. I'ma sip Moscato. You gon' lose them pants. I'ma throw this money while you do it with no hands. Girl, I drop it to the floor. Love the way your booty go. <laughs> All I wanna do is sit back and watch you move, and I'll proceed to throw this cash. Uh, great job, buddy. <laughs> ah! Wait, two, like two things. First mm-hmm. of all, it's it's not necessarily white people covers of black people because Waka's Blackfoot. If right. you remember, he's black, black he's, person. He's, he's, a he's black a black tail. Foot. He's black tail and red foot. <laughs> oh, excuse me, red mm. foot, black tail. We have to be accurate and, on the show. 
what say so we have to be accurate if nothing else on this show we have to be accurate me. His, i don't know how that explains his black ass mama but whatever black tail red foot but also that verse is the verse i realized that wale was so corny and like all we nigerians we was like yes you know we're gonna be back behind wale or whatever but he's begging a shipper for a chance and he's like i got <laughs> roscoe and Walker, the co-sign, that I am worth it. It's a weird, bizarre, <laughs> kind of like desperate verse. Like, mm-hmm. I'm with Roscoe, I'm with Walker, I think I deserve a chance. Like, what the fuck? Just pay her, nigga, what's wrong with you? I always felt anyway. like Wale was just this kid that was... Bacon? Uh, I was gonna say just not supposed to be hanging out with these thugs. Yeah. Yes, there's this thing, there, so uh, I went to private school when I was like, uh, 11 predominantly white private school mm-hmm. and there was a thing that i felt like i needed to do where i had to be like super black you know so mm-hmm. that i didn't forget where i came from and wale felt like me in sixth grade like i used mm-hmm. to be i i had those you remember iverson's first sneaker with the bubbles on the bottom and it was mm-hmm. like black and white mm-hmm. i had those and i would walk into school like check out the iverson's baby like that <laughs> that's what Wale feels like to me he was know? so this so when you were butters were you uh you, oh, ah! was, no when i was butter when i was butter mm-hmm. i was 16 okay 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 so i just you know maybe Wale and butter should do a track together i feel like we could have a collab you know <laughs> just but yeah when he signed with Maybach <laughs> When he sounded like Maybach music, I just shook his head like when old people see the nerd black kid hanging out with the thug black kid. And like, yes. oh, I thought he was going. That video where, uh, do you remember that video where he's in a boxing ring with all of them and then it's just like half naked strippers yes. all around them? Yes. He looks so uncomfortable. He looks like, I, this isn't me. <laughs> right. I don't come from this. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> He's a nice little Nigerian boy. <laughs> a nice little Nigerian boy. <laughs> that's, that's when I knew that, um, that's when I knew that Maybach music was getting too big. Cause they signed him and then they signed Omarion and I was like, both of you niggas have no business being over there. Go home. Be family men. It's okay. They can be thugs without y'all. Yes, they can. Good grief. Anyway, uh, to white people news, guys. A fourth woman has accused George H.W. Bush of groping her during a photo op and says that he quipped oh i'm not that president oh um, this the daddy right well who's that president he's talking about clinton clinton right gotta be clinton um yeah she was groped in 2006 so we know it wasn't obama because uh, yeah. that was before he was president correct it must have been clinton so he, and he wouldn't be talking about his son like that so it must have been clinton right and uh yeah former republican candidate for state senate in maine so you know it's bad when the republican white women start telling come on because <laughs> they don't they don't have emboldened all the women they the last ones to give up the ghost when it comes to that patriarchy shit yes. they, <laughs> they be holding on like mm, I don't, oh if i if only they knew my story but i'm not gonna tell it and then the wise thing shit inspired them to come out like you know what 
George H.W. grabbed my buns too. And I'm like, holy shit, it's gotten to this. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> then she probably went back to sending and was like, and I'm against abortion, okay? First of all, I mean, <laughs> women need to just be nice and, and polite and have babies. Uh, but yeah, she joined, yeah. The, she joined the ranks of women calling out George H.W. Bush for allegedly groping them, bringing a number of accusers to four. Amanda Staples told the Portland Press Herald in Maine that she was groped by Bush in 2006 in Kennebunkport. Um, earlier this that's their family house. Uh, oh. That's their. Um, that, you know how uh, the the Kennedys have Hyannisport. Mm-hmm. The Bushes is Kennebunkport. Well, um, earlier this week, Bush's spokesperson blamed the awkward positioning of his arm while posing for photos on him being in a wheelchair. Because um, we all know <laughs> everyone in wheelchair apparently gropes people, and that's the only re- that's the reason that happens. No, you ever take a picture of someone in a wheelchair? No. Well, they. I'm uh, telling you right now, they got to they grab right in the genitals. They can't help it. According, according, to, <laughs> according to Bush's spokesperson, none of us has ever seen a person in a wheelchair before. Uh, Bush 41 has been relying on a wheelchair and a motorized scooter to get around since 2012. So keep in mind, she said the so picture. So a good the, six years prior. Right. The picture happened in 2006. Uh, Staples, a former teacher, wrote in an Instagram post on Thursday that the 40, 41st president of the United States inappropriately touched her during a photo op at Walker's Point where they were chatting about lowering taxes. Guess he's trying to lower his hands. This <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker, damn, that's dirty. You know, I'm trying to cut these taxes. Yeah. Like, what are you? What, what is that? Even? Yeah, I like a tax break right between them cheeks, girl. Mm-hmm. I like to give you a tax, <laughs> some tax credit for that ass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was so funny? This is so funny. So uh, the New York Post has a writer who does politics. First of all, the Post is Trash. a tabloid, and it's owned by the Murdoch family. But right. This um, this writer for the New York Post, uh, his name is John Potteret. He, when the first accusation came out, he's like, "Couldn't I call what happened to President Bush?" elder abuse because he was buying into the whole wheelchair uh, thing Mm -hmm. and then I quote tweeted it and I was like that would be a spectacularly stupid thing to do and he blocked me instant what now what is he yes and now what is he going to say here is it still elder abuse when a person is mobile and then they have the wherewithal to to make a joke about Bill Clinton or something like that mm. every day every fucking day we try to come up with a reason for why power is the same power and why their abuse is justified mm. I can't believe a person a real life person would say it's elder abuse that's the person who gropes grope. right. and then what's your excuse now this isn't elder abuse he's not He's not of diminished capacity. I kept telling some dude, he was like, oh, you know, we should let it go. We should let it go. And I was like, okay, so if if asses are up for grabs because somebody's old, why don't you give him your ass? He was like, well, the president doesn't swing my way. And I was like, well, if he's diminished to the state where he can't keep himself from groping asses, then he's certainly diminished enough to not be able to tell what gender an ass is. Mm. So, put your ass out. And, of course, that person stopped talking to me. But right. it's, it's, it's astonishing. It's, it's astonishing, and I'm really glad that it's coming out, because he has the 
he's like the president with the least swag ever. Right. <laughs> and to like discover he's been groping on the low There's... is really really surprising there's really no hope for men like we just have to control out delete if because see my my dream <laughs> my dream my whole life has been to get to be so old that my dick just doesn't influence any decision Work. i ever make because yeah. then because then you because then you can be like a full human being and like concentrate on the things you want to get accomplished, accomplished and it, cross off your bucket list li- travel <laughs> live for yourself it, like it's scary that a nigga was 80 talking about i'm gonna grab this 29 year old girl's ass who looks up to he me as can. a politician who is a politician he can't walk he can't wipe right he can't like and he's still groping that is mind-blowing to me that he's, is entitlement unparalleled and he's, even when your shit don't work you still feel like it's your right to go yep. and grab shorty that's crazy and he's married you know what i mean like you were president wife is it there right you were president dude like it doesn't get no more powerful than what you accomplished in life and still gotta grab somebody's ass some 29 year old girl's ass who's a pilot who was a mm-hmm. aspiring politician at the time who came up there looking up to you you probably were a hero in her eyes and then you went and yeah, grab them grab that ass real quick too motherfucker anyway it's really crazy mm-hmm. it's really crazy i like i feel like Obama and Bush and Carter are like the only people who don't have any sort of like not um Bush senior, Bush Junior who don't have any sort of like women related kind of creepy things and of the living president. That's wild that like two of the five living presidents are bonafide creep That's and if, and here's the thing if weinstein would have never came for with that shit when it came for we, we would know never this. Known. so we would still think he was cool like right <sighs> oh and ass the thing grabbing is, nigga. obama is black so if something was out there it would have come out oh, we know I feel like they were looking for it you yeah know? we know we know if he hugs somebody too long like I, <laughs> I, like there's a there's a picture our uh, infamous picture of him coming down some steps and it's a picture but if you see the video you see it's not that bad but there's a woman in a dress going up the steps and it looks like for a second he just turned around and he looked was at checking her ass, her ass up. right yeah, um and they tried to make that a scandal right i was like what wait looking at ass what are we doing like <laughs> i like not that listen not that uh it's not whatever newsworthy but come on nigga like looking he didn't even do it but too if he did that's not enough to bring down the fucking white house man calm down like <laughs> jesus christ I was, uh the devil standards are ridiculous but yeah he uh apparently um the 93 year old has padded women's rears and what he attended as a good natured manner <laughs> okay the statement <laughs> but not men's rears i guess he didn't have any good nature for us i guess right the statement <laughs> he apologizes to anyone who was offended in his statement um and an essay for slave. I don't even think he. I don't even think he even knows that people are doing it. I think he it, his PR people got to it. He probably doesn't even know that women are talking about him like this right now. Right. Yeah. I doubt it anyway. Yeah. Is uh his there's a picture of him with a woman, Christina Baker Klein, and they have his hand on her ass right there. Oh in the no. Yeah, not a waistline. Photo. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not on the waist. It's on the ass, dog. Uh, and that's why a lot of people just like you know what i'm just not gonna touch you um yeah she said his comic timing was impeccable david copperfield he said and squeezed my butt oh hard just the worst joke just as the photographer snapped the photo wow 
Klein says also, her, like, that yo, is so fratty. Her it's husband old for such a lame joke. Her husband is in the picture with them, by the way. Smiling. On the opposite side. Yeah. So he got cucked. Wow. He didn't even know he got cucked, but oh, Lord. that's what it is. Klein says her wow. husband uh, was also in the photo on the other side. He was completely unaware of what happened at the time. I wasn't traumatized. I'm not angry, but it shouldn't have happened. She wrote, adding that she hopes coming forward will begin to affect change. Yeah, now he's old and out of power, like all the other people that people come forward on. Um, and also, she is angry. That's why she said something. If she was fine, she wouldn't have said anything. It's fine to be angry when people violate you, and it sucks that like this woman gets violated by a guy, and she still has to temper her emotions and like present, uh, you know, calmly and not hysterically when she was violated by the president of the United States. It's such a bullshit. But then the Republicans won't respect her if she comes out and uh, says I'm angry because. That'll mean all the other women that are angry about things that men do uh, are righteous as well, and we can't have that. Yep. They just need right. to calm down. The rest of these bitches just need to calm down, okay? I'm a full <laughs> citizen robot, and you guys are hating. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, but, yeah, he's been grabbing people's ass, uh, which is it's sad. It's such a refreshing scandal in the wake of Trump as president. It's going to be so much worse for him. But, uh he likes to grab ass guys that's crazy um <laughs> there was a time when this would have been the most disreputable thing that uh we could say about about a man it would have been time uh director james toback claims anyone who calls him a sexual predator is a cocksucker or a cunt and he says he wants to sp- he wants to spit in his or her fucking face wait so, is that real yep so uh mm-hmm so that proves that he didn't do wow. it no way he no way he could have done it talking like that you know you know how you get accused wow. you get accused of some misogynistic uh sexual sexist uh sexual harassment stuff and then you come out and call everybody cunts and cock suckers and we all had to go mm, didn't do it didn't do it <laughs> Uh, homophobia and misogyny into his defense of himself. <laughs> Man, he was like, crazy. everybody can get some. That's like, it's like he. Had, <laughs> thank God he didn't get accused of racism, right? I mean, right. woo. Right. Any of these fucking tar babies and niggers said to my face, "I'm spitting your grave, bitch." Any these jigaboos? I'll burn her forward. I'll come forward and I'll burn across in your yard. I swear to God. You fucking <laughs> you disgust me I'll, i will personally pay for your trip to take your ass back to africa he's 72 years old and he he said this uh he was accused after being accused of, by 38 women of sexual assault 38 good, good god you serious yes but they're all he said and, and any, then it was like over over that weekend i didn't know how many initially accused him right. for the la times thing but then that reporter said after the story was published, 193 other women contacted that person in two days. Oh my God. Listen, that body count was rising like after that Vegas shooting. Like every time, <laughs> yes. every time a new tweet came out, you was like, God damn, how many people? What? What? Like that's how it is with him. Like I, cause I've had it for white people news. And the first time it was like 12 women accused him. I was like, damn, that's a lot of women. Then the, the times came out, I was like, 20, 38 women. I was like, that's a lot of women. 
then the, the after the time was like sunday was like 197 i was like oh come on is are they making it up good god that's how when did he find the time i mean shit is we playing bingo what the fuck is happening here like at this point he's not film director james toback he's sexual harasser james toback who happens to make films <laughs> every once in a while he direct the film god and damn well, did, that you ass. See the, did you see that part where they said that like he as recently as like the early 2000s he was Oh, we lose right. Right, you there? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is the internet down? Uh-huh. Oh, she's yeah. there. She's there. Okay, go ahead. What were you saying? Early is the 2000s? So, like, in, like, as late as the early 2000s, he, um, he was doing stuff like standing on street corners harassing young women and being like, I'm famous. And then he'll pull DVDs out of his bag and be like, see, I directed this movie. I can get you into the movie. Just to fuck young women on the street. Who are He's, like, the- one of these people... Right. Huh? I'm like, and who, He's like one of these people people who um who like gets famous not because they like doing the thing they do, it's just that they want the power of fame or you know, like right. all these people are like, I'm gonna be famous to get revenge on all the girls who dissed me when I was younger. Totally one of those. Yeah, and it's like who the fuck is even buying that shit? You know what I mean? Like that the 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 success ratio of that has to be so fucking low that's like you said the 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 point is never not even to make movies it's just for the the fame so you can continue to harass women because he was probably going to do that he's like like if he wouldn't have been famous he would have been like the guy jacking off on the subway train looking at women yeah like but he got he got famous so he was like and now i'm gonna hump on them uh dry hump them and shit yeah um mm-hmm. somebody says like close to 300 now 300 jesus that's like every woman he came across uh, isn't that astonishing that's astonishing how God. do you even have the time how do you have the time how do you have the time? i don't think i've talked to 3,000 people uh, 300 people ever like in my whole life right i don't think i've i don't talked to 300 people one-on-one what the fuck bro like you don't that's get crazy. tired like you don't just get tired you know, like, there weren't just days where you're like, I just, this is too much. Not today, not today. I'm not even going, you know, I normally, I, th- this is not about you, it's me, okay? I normally would dry, mm-hmm. just dry hump you and and, I'm and, tired. and talk about being famous, but I I don't have it in me. I, I'm going to take a day off. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently uh, he was confronted with two allegations in the interview, which was performed October 17th. Five days later, the LA Times reported that 38 women had accused him of sexual assault. A number that grew to more than mm-hmm. a number that grew to more than 300 in days that followed. Good God! The first. So how are you gonna spit on? Do you have enough saliva, old man, to spit on 300 women? Right. You all dry. Your medicine probably dehydrates you. You ain't got the saliva to spit on 300 right. women. You trash ass bitch. And they always look like no one would sleep with you willingly so clearly you did this like i don't know if it's just a pattern or what but these motherfuckers be ugly um Mm -hmm. and i'm not apologizing these niggas is ugly uh the first claim (laughs) uh he was told october 17th in an interview that he humped the leg of an actress ambika lee until he ejaculated onto his clothes under the premise of an acting exercise what right uh the second he was told another actress sari comment he told her to dress in front of him he inspected her body then again he humped her while fully clothed uh he said lee's story was a total lie adding i never heard that name before in my life and believe me i remember it because it's a very unusual name that sounds like a donald trump quote that is a direct quote from donald trump i swear to god right it sounds exactly the same like the only but thing believe me even. yes 
The believe you, the believe me when I'm absolutely lying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the only thing he's missing is not calling her ugly. Like that's the only thing yeah. he's like. And I would totally, if she would have to be a ten, like or some stupid shit like that. And uh, then also, it's like it's crazy that they even say that because what they're implying is that they would rape a, a hot chick, right? <laughs> Which isn't which isn't the exoneration that you think it is they're so used to negging women that they neg Mm -hmm. themselves right into being guilty where it's like no 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 way i fuck listen i raped way hotter women than that so you're not gonna sully my reputation by acting like i'm out here going after fives and sixes okay eights and above for your boy toback all right uh and i didn't do it and it's a conspiracy against me and it's all a lie but other than that when i do it it's gonna you'll know what i'm doing it's gonna be some bad bitches um yeah he uh attempted to dismiss the claims of the conspiracy of liars saying the women hear each other and they gang up people read things it's all all these you women know, that don't know each other and not related to each other he goes it's all you know me too me too me too me too me too oh boy yeah so there we go i just want to know how i just want to know how it is that we are all so smart and so conniving that we can identify these powerful men who take down decades way after they're relevant and we come together like these natural harpies and sirens and these covens of witches to take down all these men but we still haven't figured out how to get a woman president or we haven't figured out how to get paid equally we are so smart and we're so evil that we can take our we we have the collective mind to take down a director no one has given a fuck about since the 80s but we're not smart enough to do things that would actually help us like get money well here's <laughs> what empowered. see that's because men figured out what we do is we make one woman a robot and we give her citizenship <laughs> all the rights of all the women in that country <laughs> and it destroys the unity that would otherwise take over the country it's the only way to do it you gotta make a woman robot a citizen um yeah apparently he uh um uh he also had who's uh rachel mcadams accused him and selma blair McGaddle said she was 21 in the middle of theater school when she went to audition for him. After promising audition, the 38-year-old said the director complimented her and told her she was talented and that she would like he would like to workshop workshop the piece with her. He lured her to his hotel that night. She said, then told her that he had masturbated countless times over her since her audition. Oh goodness gracious! Here's what's so fucked up about acting. She said she hoped the remarks were a test. But after he returned from a bathroom break to tell her that he had just masturbated over the thought of her and asked her to see a pic, see her pubic uh, hair, she made the excuses and left. So, like, that's how untraditional that atmosphere is that you would be like, because, like, if that happened at Hardee's, I'm like, oh, you're a fucking creep and clearly uh, HR needs to be involved. But it happens in acting. Right. It's like, maybe he's testing me. Is this still the audition? I don't, I don't know. know. Okay, that's clearly sperm on his leg. Nope, this is real. I gotta go, you know? You've heard that story about how Roman Polanski, right? Like Roman Polanski and I think Marlon Brando didn't tell the actress that they were working in a scene with, who was very young at the time, didn't tell her that a rape scene was in the script. And so he, Marlon Brando, like performs this unconsensual scene of unconsensual sex, mm-hmm. and the girl flips 
out. And Roman Polanski, I think it's Roman, his explanation was he wanted to to elicit the real reaction that a real girl would Yeah, would it's give uh it was direct it, it was directed by Bernardo Bertolucci and it starred Oh Bertolucci, okay. Yeah, it starred um Marlon Brando and the actress was um because we covered this on the a show. A woman we never heard from again because Ma- she was oh. so traumatized. Right. Yeah, Maria Snyder, I think, was the woman. And she was a girl. Like it wasn't like a woman. She was like a child like she was not that old is what I'm saying. Like when she did the the scene. Uh he was forty eight and she was nineteen. She was a French unknown actress um so she had no power on the set you know no leverage these are two big big name director big name actress i mean actor and they they don't they conspire to not tell you that they're gonna do this in the script and uh yeah they they end up doing this to her and um yeah it it does and nobody this didn't even just come out till like last year that people knew that uh she did this and she's dead now she died in 2011 so wow yeah wow yep um and she did work as an actress till 2008 but yeah it doesn't like she got uh well no she worked pretty steady but still i mean you shouldn't have to deal with that at all period correct um but uh yeah this shit dude is a piece of shit dude let's see what else white people are doing let's see if i find a delightful white news to to kind of end <laughs> on um oh this is actually some good news but it's still kind of involves something serious uh marilyn manson fired his longtime basis uh after his basis was accused of rape and abuse good wow good. right uh he like he didn't wait till like let's let's wait a trial or see what else comes out he just believed uh the accusation was like yeah i, I don't want to be part of this uh he put on twitter i decided to part ways with geordi white as a member of Marilyn manson uh he will uh be replaced for the upcoming tour i wish him well um and uh that was it so um and that makes sense well he was very recently in that relationship with evan rachel wood is that her name the girl that was on she's not a girl she's a woman i should stop doing that um the woman that was on true blood Mm -hmm. she's like a bisexual rape survivor and Mm. she like talked about it a lot she's on westworld now i think Mm. but so they were in a serious relationship pretty recently maybe you know maybe as a feminist streak in him if he's with a woman like and uh, wasn't he connected to Rose McGowan too? Then yeah, they, they he was her date. boyfriend in the '90s after Jawbreaker. Right. So, uh, yeah, apparently uh, last week Jessica Adams of the South Florida punk band Jack Off Jill detailed allegations of rape and abuse against white whom she dated in the 90s in a facebook post she claimed white verbally physically and sexually abused her over the course of their relationship adams also claimed that jack off jill's label advised her not to go public with the allegations she vaguely referenced the allegations in a 2015 interview so uh, by the way this happens so often and that's one of the scariest things about even the me too thing is how many women even as they come forward they can't fully come forward because like i don't want to say this guy's name because this guy's still out here he's powerful or they might sue me Mm -hmm. because they have money and i don't have the resources and i don't want to pay the cost of my career of saying blankety blank said blank to me so they like they can't even fully come forward even as you're trying to come forward like it's so wild Mm -hmm. um because our society will protect the men and and despite how everybody is trying to like jump on the bandwagon right now i am a full belief that 
they it will turn around on women eventually like it, of course. it will like eventually it will be like oh i'm noticing a lot of these actresses that said this shit aren't getting as much work or come on i'm, I'm noticing mm-hmm. that um you know like while people said that they would have these women's back they you say it about someone too popular or who's currently popular and has some power and people are going to start being like i don't know you know we need to see you know what's going on with all this like it's easy to say believe people when it's a 90 year old bush who's out of power much harder when mm-hmm. you say that shit about say uh uh like when people now there's rumors out about like louis ck and stuff people are having a much harder time going about talking about louis ck because he's still around he can he can make or break somebody's career he, yes, can, he can blackball somebody it's a lot harder to say his name and 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 be brave unless you're already on a certain level if not you gotta you gotta yeah, hold think- on with with Louis C.K., I've been thinking about this one a lot because, you know, I do stand-up. And um, it's, it's also because stand-up, the rock stars are accessible in a way that in other fields they're not, you know. Um, stand-up comedians, like, people as famous as, like, Chris Rock will drop in on a small bar show just to work out new material. So it's not the same as if, like, you're an up-and-coming musician and some executive or some other bigger musician assaults you and then you can just take your music to the internet or go someplace else and try and work out your career over there. Mm-hmm. If if somebody accuses someone like Louis C.K. of anything, he can be at your next show. Mm-hmm. And the people who you want to support you could would let him do a spot there because right. the power is so visible and so close. There's no escape. Every comedian knows somebody else through one person or two people. There's no like getting away from shit like that. So definitely if it's, if it's the kind of thing where you're taking down titans of each industry or field, I feel like comedy is the last one where you'll be able to take anybody down. And the way that people in comedy fight to be anti-PC or whatever, whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's such a misogynistic, aggressive environment that there's not going to be the support that would happen, and it's minimal in other places, and we probably wouldn't even get that. Right, it's it's such a head trip, too, because um, it still has the same, as we brought up earlier, it still has a very much the same power structure as any other industry in America. Yes, it does. You know, like No matter still, how non-traditional it is. Just yeah, lots is. of white male gatekeepers. Lot, the, the audience that they covet the most is white males. Mom, the, um, mm-hmm. 18 to 25. Right, when black, brown people or women or LGBTQ people get opportunities, it's immediately labeled as affirmative action, yes, diversity hire. Yep. Like, it's the same mentality that's in corporate America, but because comedy has labeled itself as the speak truth to power uh as if as if that's what everyone in comedy is doing um but you know it's like these prophets these modern day philosophers and i'm like yeah but for the most part it's still cowardice because if a nigga can fuck my career up i'm gonna have his back if i like this dude and i want him to give me opportunity because it's not a meritocracy it's very much nepotism going on i need i don't want to say anything that's gonna make this guy not like me and fuck something up later sure. so so like Absolutely. it's the it's the part it's the i think the part that makes it so weird is that uh the branding of being a stand-up is i go out there and i tell the truth as i see it and i mm-hmm. like i don't hold back but then it's like and i'm also at work so i don't want to fuck up too much 
by telling too much truth and now i can't i, I gotta go back to working at waffle house um well to be like this is my theory but from what i've observed actually the most famous comedians aren't that progressive they're just repackaging status quo in an edgy yep package if you listen very closely particularly the minorities that make it so um i'm I, i'm not surprised i'll say that yeah i'm not surprised like every they, woman who goes yeah. on the road with a man every woman comic who goes on the road with a man has a story about how that man tried to force himself on her or tried to holler and then didn't bring her back on the road mm-hmm. when she rejected it as advances. It is just as fucked up as any other industry. And because they all think of themselves as like, you know, truth tellers with no boundaries and all edge, they're more like aggressive about the things that they're doing that violate people. Yeah, they can convince. That's the thing I've noticed just from having a podcast, which then makes us kind of a hub for because comedians always in, requesting me on Twitter and Facebook of being my friend or whatever that way. And the, the the patterns I see socially as the outsider of that network, right? It's very much like I can because I'm a comedian, I can convince myself I'm right about anything correct and everyone Anything. yeah and everyone else has to be wrong there's no way i can be the wrong one so if i say you know i've been you know i've been crafting this idea this contrarian thing but my contrarianness is actually the status quo repackaged i i won't yep. i won't call myself out on that my when people call me out on it i'd flip on them and they they just tripping or whatever but it's it's like i've seen it so many times where you know there's there's white dudes that claim to be woke that are comedians but then everything that their comedy espouses is oh well i hate women i hate black people mm-hmm. is is it isn't this social justice shit isn't it silly isn't it stupid it's like oh so that's the same thing rush limbaugh thinks like why are you so right why should i look at you as anything other than that like you what what's so funny about it? these uh college campuses right they're just too pc they won't laugh maybe you're not funny to them old man like right. other people find a way to come in and craft their jokes or tell say their things they keep up on what's happening uh with audiences so that when wow. they come in i can kill this audience you don't like you just stop giving a fuck at some point and now that it's everyone else's fault that argument about schools pisses me off so much because it's such a stupid it's such a stupid battleground like it's right. a stupid choice to to battle and it feels very Milo Nyan and I don't even know how to say his last name. Mm-hmm. Yogatopolis. Mm-hmm. But, but um, of course you can't go to a college and insult sections of their student body. Right. Like, uh, what school <laughs> would allow for you to go there? They've, they've taken good care to recruit diversely. It, it, they've taken care to have admissions officers who are of color so that they can find students they want to create a safe environment for gay people lgbtq people on the campus and you're mad that you can't make a gay joke at a school that is so dumb it's a dumb place to to demand wild freedom Mm -hmm. this is a place where the school promises to be um custodians in absence of parents you think my parent is not going to hire a comedian 
to make fun of my blackness. So why would a custodial, you know, guardian hire a comedian to make fun of gay people? It's such a bizarre thing to be upset about. Yep, and they get and they can, like I said, they can convince themselves that they're right. You know, I remember when um, the accusations about that one dude being a rapist came um, out. And I just watched so many people within that community turn into, like, society's monsters of people that protect these these folks. Like, and it's just because y'all happen to share the same um, profession. You know what I mean? Because it's not mm-hmm. like, because these same people would be like, oh, Roman Polanski's a piece of shit. Uh, Woody Allen, I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. But if Woody Allen would have been doing improv, apparently it wouldn't have been ridiculous. Then it would have been fine. Like <laughs> that, then we need to protect him against these evil women that are secretly united against him by by saying they like it was so. It's but they were convincing themselves that like these long ass posts, calling people names, and it was just it's sad to see the shit happen in an industry that you know claims to be so different. But I don't know. I'm over it now. I just realized all these motherfuckers at work, so I don't. Yeah, they on the clock. I had no faith in none of these niggas. Except you, right? Mm-hmm. Still love you, but fuck you <laughs> niggas. Um, anyway, the, uh, the Marilyn Mason's basis came out and released a statement that says, I've only recently been made aware of these allegations from over 20 years ago. I do not condone non-consensual sex of any kind. I will be taking some time to spend with my family and focus on maintaining my several years of sobriety. If I've caused anyone pain, I apologize and truly regret it. That's like, it's, it's a sufficient apology, but he was sneak. He was being sneaky because he mentioned his sobriety mm-hmm. as though the things happened when he was a drunk and he would never do it now. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. Um, but he doesn't say that explicitly. So it seems like he's trying to be like, you know, he drops the the information about sobriety, but he doesn't come out right and say, "I did this when I was." not um sober so i'm taking care to to fix that now over 20 years ago and um, on my several years of sobriety it's like he's trying to offer defense of himself while pretending to be you know apologetic yep that's exactly what i was thinking yeah and my biggest pet peeve and it will always be my biggest pet peeve do not say if i offended you because if you if i offended you means you're not fucking apologizing period anything after that i ignore yeah i think he said if i harmed anybody that's that's even worse than if i offended because like i don't know how could i possibly know if i'm a rapist i mean it's Mm -hmm. if i guess if you think i raped you then i guess i'm sorry i don't know what to say and i and that's exactly how it reads right that's how it reads and i uh, applaud him for letting him go because more people should do that bullshit yeah i appreciate him hopping on and just being like fuck it you know yeah you can be replaced doll and i don't want to have to tour having to explain why you still on my goddamn tour because i'm accountable for it well you know what's funny is because our society works if Marilyn Manson would have made the opposite decision or just ignored the accusations, he would have still been fine. Uh, yeah, he would have. Yes, they people would have made excuses for the fact. It's like, well, he's a you know, he's in his group. They've been friends for twenty years, guys. I mean, you really expect him just to let's wait to the trial, let's see what comes out of this or something like that. And uh, yeah, it was only his own integrity that forced him or made him do that because there's no consequences for men anyway uh, to 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 protect a abuser like that um all right uh sorry we didn't have any light white people news i feel like uh this is all all bad rape stuff um 
i'm looking to see if anybody just just dressed nice oh all right i got some good white people news all right let's end on this one beck is back y'all the singer that <laughs> stole beyonce's grammy yes the one he said i wanted to make something that felt good that's right he wrote his sunniest album yet in trump's america oh, wow. and, and nobody's listening to in <laughs> trump's america he decided he was inspired to to come make a is is he said uh he made the album first and then trump won presidency uh so he then parked the album but now he feels like the world is ready for some fun y'all it's been 10 months Mm-mm. we back Mm-mm. beck hansen has been sitting on his new album his gleeful gl- giddy uh what a wonderful world live in album colors um for a at least a year now the californian who records his beck began writing tracks for it a while back when the biggest song in the world was happy by pharrell williams he recalls oh remember those <laughs> that was a good time when the president was black oh so Come good on. i would uh, love to go back to them days oh me too as a veteran composer of a dozen albums since the 1990s some of them classics of their day beck was aware that his modern output had tended towards down the downbeat and inward looking it seemed an obvious next move to make a super duper ha- super duper happy record time to unleash the he's fun. a scientologist though do they experience joy uh if the thetans allow it shit <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know about you don't know nothing about his thetans right shit <laughs> <laughs> oh don't don't tell that him first, that forced joy that tom cruise jumping on the oprah's couch type joy that's you, you, maniacal you don't know joy. tom cruise's joy don't tell me what his zenu won't do okay oh, <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when he was down you know what i'm saying who lifted who carried him who footprints was those on the beach on Mars. It was Zenu's feet that was carrying that man. And y'all got the nerve to clown his religion. Look. Uh I like that Scientology is like an evil cult religion that kidnaps people and shit. And then like because I'm an atheist, I always had to put it in the perspective of like the other evil religions. I'm like, ah, they got a lot of catching up to do. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like Scientology hasn't started three wars called the Crusades, you know? So I always feel like ah, like ah, people be clowning that religion. I'm like, eh, I feel like Larry David. I'm like, eh, it's, uh, I mean, <laughs> y'all got y'all got way more bodies on y'all record. They they like might in be the grand scheme of things. Yeah, <laughs> like, let them run a government first. I, <laughs> like, give them... I just don't trust any religion yeah. written like when light was in existence. You know, yeah, like Mormonism. It's like. Nigga, right. we saw you go into the woods. Like, there's nothing mysterious or mystical about this. Like, yeah, I feel like I need a cave. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's like a grand. There's like a grandfather clause to religions for me. Where I'm like, yeah, yeah, you. <laughs> but but you know what? It works in their favor for me because I go, ah, yours isn't even that dangerous yet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> give you guys a couple it's centuries. Too small to take over full government right i'm gonna let y'all get a military first or something a couple centuries and then we can talk we'll check back right. in and see where you took this shit because I, I feel like you guys got way more evil you guys are like a rookie in the nba i'm like oh that's that's cute that's cute lonzo ball we'll see where you go <laughs> did you just call scientology christoph porzingis yeah. yes <laughs> yes 
around. You know, like I still feel like uh uh Islam is like Kevin Durant, uh Christianity is LeBron <laughs> James, like Oh my god, Kevin Durant is the perfect thing because he's like he's like trying to prove, he's trying to flex, you know what I mean? Right. But he still don't get the respect or whatever. Right. He's going aggressive, he's going hard, he's dissing people from secret accounts. Islam's <laughs> out here trying to blow up Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Nobody notices. Nobody cares. They just took they we what we make we made the scandal about a phone call to the from the president and they was like but we killed five soldiers nigga we coming up they like mm. no nope, don't count I'm just joking guys we all know that uh, radical Islamic terrorists are not really Islam I'll just fuck with y'all so yeah of course don't I write, mean my parents are Muslim and still yeah. practicing I would never don't write in I guess what I'm trying to say is don't write in because uh, we were joking. <laughs> <laughs> we already dealt with that uh last week um all right so uh beck got a happy album out that that's that sums that up uh, uh let's let's wrap it up with sore ratchetness we've been going for a while had so much fun sorry um, i'm late for brunch and i'm having fun with you guys too uh no it's all good man uh thank you for joining us this always happens when we get together thank man. you for having me um let me see where's my sword yeah, sound we always effect? love to have you on and sooner or later one of these old days you on my bucket list i got a, i got like a group of people that i'm like on my bucket list to see and you one of them we've been traveling so hopefully we get to see you mm-hmm. yeah hopefully hopefully i i i you know 2018 god willing mm-hmm. i don't even believe that but you know inshallah we'll, we'll meet may the pumpkin spice allow it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see what who's doing stuff with swords all right here's one <clears throat> uh sword ratchet is time guys for those new to the show this is where we talk about uh the scourge of sword uh weapons in the world and how uh many people are put in danger by them because we don't regulate them not even like we regulate a gun just let people have swords a man 53 who held hostages at a bowling alley was armed with a gun samurai sword and a knife what they just come down for the terrible food and the terribly bold and you ruined it mm-hmm. a man who held hostages at a bowling alley for four hours on sunday four hours i know i think spending 10 minutes in a bowling alley sucks four hours i can't imagine <laughs> uh he was allegedly armed with a gun samurai sword and knife david clark 53 ah why couldn't it be the black one was arrested after armed police stormed the MFA Bowl in Bermuda Park, Nunnington, on Sunday evening following a four-hour standoff. Clark of Ride Avenue, Nunnington, uh, uh, appeared at Leamington Spa Magistrates Court earlier uh, today. He is accused of taking Joshua Steedman and William Barlow hostage and threatening Peter <laughs> Brunt with a firearm and a samurai sword and a knife. He's also charged with criminal damage to MFA Bowl and two counts of possession of an Im- imitation firearm with intent to commit an indictable offense. Imitation was it not real? Imitation firearm. So his gun wasn't real, but the sword was. I'm hmm. assuming so. Clark- or maybe the gun was one of those BB guns painted black to look real. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Clark spoke only to confirm his name, age, and address during the 40-minute hearing uh, at the Justice Center. He was remanded to in custody and will attend a further hearing in Warwick Crown Court November 11th. Chair of the bench, Margaret Middleton, said, Mr. Clark, you will appear in Warwick Crown Court for the following offenses. 
two counts of false imprisonment one count of criminal damage two counts of possession of a bladed article one count of possession of a firearm with intent to cause fear of violence and two counts of possession of an imitation firearm with intent to commit an indictable offense you will be ordered to attend on november 21st for a preliminary hearing uh the prosecutor said everything on the charge sheet is indictable all of these offenses are connected and will appear on the uh, on the indictment when the case is sent to crown court get them wherever this country is Mm-mm-mm. well that's it guys y'all check out ray and marcia misandry mm-hmm. uh make sure you check them out at the comedy festival uh what date is it again ray it's, it's november 11th on um at 5 p.m at the public hotel downtown in new york city yeah show up man let them know uh how how you feel mm-hmm. uh you know if you're men out there you're upset at the, all the misandry on the show oh, now's your chance to uh <laughs> now's your chance to meet them in person and mansplain to them what's wrong <laughs> don't, you know? don't, don't yeah do please don't. do Mm-mm. please do please come and uh you know follow me twitter race on me uh, please watch the president show yes. um yes. our season finale is this thursday but we have like a huge christmas special on november 30th and we need you guys to show the network that we're a really important voice out there. So it would mean a lot to me if you watched it. And yeah, Miss Andrew, Marsha, and Ray, the podcast. Please listen and uh, show some love. Yep. And listen, guys, I know Ray kind of undersells it because she's on the show with President Show. She's writing for it. Uh, and I hate to go behind her and mansplain what she already said, but it's really, it's a real good show. It's really a mansolent show, guys. So please, like, every week I get, I get man, I get man cited to, to watch it. Um, so hopefully you guys can check it out because it's, it's mansquizzit, guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, uh, I don't know what we'll be talking about. A bunch of shit. We'll be back tomorrow talking about stuff. Uh, until then, make sure you take a knee for Kaepernick. See you tomorrow. I love you. I love you too. Mwah.